The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Pat Gray is here on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome. It's already December 14th. We are 11 days away from Christmas now. It's gone by so fast. 888 Trey Gowdy is probably one of the best, uh, one of the best interviewers in the Congress. Probably the best interviewer that we have in the Congress. And every time there's uh, some sort of investigation into virtually anything, he always stars in them. And that was the case again uh, yesterday when he was when he was talking to uh, Deputy AG Rod Rosenstein on why a special counsel is appointed in the first place. Uh, here's what he had to say. So let's be really clear why we have special counsel. There was either a real or perceived conflict of interest that we were fearful would either impact the result or people's confidence in the process. That's why we have something called special counsel, and that's why we have special counsel in this fact pattern. And then lo and behold, uh, those who are supposed to make sure there um, are no conflicts of interest seem to have a few of their own. Uh, there's a senior prosecutor who sent obsequious emails to a fact witness. She can be described as nothing other than a fact witness. She's a really important fact witness if you pursue the line of inquiry that my Democrat friends want to pursue. They got off of collusion, and now they're on obstruction of justice. She mm-hmm. may be the most important fact witness in an obstruction of justice case. And the senior prosecutor for this conflict of interest-free special counsel sent a fawning, obsequious email to a fact witness. <laughs> he's just, he's great. He's great at this. And then when there's not a uh, hearing going on, he sort of disappears. And we don't see or hear from him. I remember when uh, when uh, Lindsey Graham was up for re-election. And everybody was pointing to him as the guy who should run against Lindsey Graham. Uh, primary Lindsey Graham. Get him out of office. He wouldn't have anything to do with it. Uh, he doesn't seem to step to the forefront. Except... In these particular hearings, and he continued to uh, to question Rosenstein and pointed out the many conflicts of interest. And then we have a senior agent assigned to investigate Secretary Clinton's email, help draft the exoneration letter. Will we change the language from grossly negligent to extremely careless? Mm. Interviewed Secretary Clinton in an interview I've never seen, and I doubt you have either in your career as a prosecutor. Interviewed Michael Flynn, was actively involved in the investigation into the Trump campaign before the inspector general found his text. So this agent in the middle of almost everything related to Secretary Clinton and President Trump sent pro-Clinton texts, anti-Trump texts to his paramour in response to being told maybe he is where he is to protect the country from that menace, Donald Trump. He said, I can protect our country 
at many levels. And then he said Hillary Clinton should win 100 million to nothing. Now, think about that, Mr. Deputy <laughs> Attorney General. That's a pretty overwhelming victory. 100 million to zero. And, and when I read that last night, what I thought was this conflict of interest free senior agent of the FBI can't think of a single solitary American who would vote for Donald Trump. That's where the zero comes in. Not a single solitary American he can imagine would vote for Donald Trump. This is the conflict of interest free special hmm. agent assigned. And then he went on, if that weren't enough, to belittle Trump supporters by saying he could smell them at a Walmart in Virginia. Mm. This is the person we needed to avoid a conflict of interest. And then he said this, they fully deserve to go and demonstrate the absolute bigoted nonsense of Trump. Wow. Uh, also, there was some insurance policy they were taking out in case Trump happened to win. Uh, there's some really, really uh, strange elements to this investigation. Uh, Gowdy asked him about what he's supposed to tell his constituents when he goes back to South Carolina this weekend. Here's what Rosenstein said. What happens when people who are supposed to cure the conflict of interest have even greater conflicts of interest than those they replace? Well, I, that, that, that's not a rhetorical question. You nor I nor anyone else would ever sit Peter Strzok on a jury we wouldn't have him objectively, dispassionately investigate anything, knowing what we know now. Why didn't we know it ahead of time? And, and, and my last question, my final question to you, and I appreciate the chairman's patience. How would you help me answer that question when I go back to South Carolina this weekend? Congressman, uh, first of all, with regard to the special counsel, uh, Mr. Strzok, was already working on the investigation when the special counsel was appointed. The appointment that I made was of Robert Mueller. So what I'd recommend that you tell your constituents is that uh, Robert Mueller and Rod Rosenstein and Chris Ray are accountable and that we will ensure that no bias is reflected in any of the actions oh. taken by the special counsel or in any matter really? uh, mm -hmm. within the jurisdiction of the Department of Justice. When we have evidence of any inappropriate conduct, we're going to take action on it. Uh, and that's what Mr. Mueller did here. As mm -hmm. soon as he learned about this issue, he took action. Uh, and that's what I anticipate that uh, the rest of our prosecutors, our new group of U.S. attorneys, our Justice Department appointees, uh, they understand the rules and they understand the wow. responsibility to defend the integrity of the department. Mm -hmm. If they find evidence of improper conduct, they're going to take action. So, Congressman, that's the best assurance I can give you. Uh, but actually, there's one other point, which is uh, you should tell your constituents uh, that we exposed this issue because we're ensuring that the inspector general conducts a thorough and effective investigation. And surely this uh, Peter Strzok is the only one who had any bias against Trump. Surely they, that's the last problem they had uh, with this investigative team. The FBI counterintelligence agent uh, who... Mueller demoted this summer, wrote texts, exchanged them with a senior FBI lawyer, Lisa Page, and it had expletive-laced tirades against Trump. Uh, such, I mean, no, that probably doesn't surprise anybody, but uh, some of the other things that are in there are, are definitely prob problematic and a surprise. 
Uh, he goes on to say, I want, I want to believe the path you threw out for consideration in Andy's office, that there's no way Trump gets elected, but I'm afraid we can't take that risk. <laughs> it's like an insurance policy in the unlikely event you die before you're 40. What policy would that be that they took out in case Trump was elected? Uh, the person in question is uh, Andrew McCabe, the deputy FBI director. FBI officials are allowed to, to have political opinions, of course. But, you know, what kind of action are they talking about that amounts to an anti-Donald Trump insurance policy? Mm. What is that when it comes to the FBI? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. In another exchange... Uh, Ms. Page, who is the FBI lawyer, forwarded a Trump-related article and wrote, maybe you're meant to stay where you are because you're meant to protect the country from that menace. He thanked her and assured, of course, I'll try and approach it that way. Uh, Struck is the man who changed the words grossly negligent to extreme care- extremely careless, as, uh, as Trey Gowdy pointed out in, in the interrogation there. So this thing looks pretty bad. Uh, every time anybody says anything about the bias of Mueller's team, the left makes it out like it's some pro-Trump conspiracy against the FBI. Uh, but they are making it really tough to believe there's there's nothing to this because it certainly looks like there there's a lot to it. Uh, we'll keep uh, keep an eye on this. As time goes on, triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Also, Disney, which already owns, of course, all of Disney Pictures, Pixar, Lucasfilm, uh, Television Network, ABC, ESPN. It owns uh, the Marvel Studios. Have just purchased twentieth century, twenty first century Fox, which mm. gives them. The 21st Century Fox movie studio, FX channel, and, and a lot more. It's it's now official. It's an all-stock deal worth $52.4 billion. And if you add the debt in on that, it's $66.1 billion. Wow. <laughs> That's hefty. <clears throat> and now Disney owns almost all entertainment. I mean, what's left? I don't know. but Paramount and Warner Brothers, I think. Sounds like Rupert had some... Uh... Cases to settle, huh? You yeah. Need some quick access to cash. Uh, Possibly. Got some harassment stuff going on there. Fox. I, I don't know. I mean. Yeah. That, he that's he needed some cash quickly. <laughs> yeah. And this provides some. Mm-hmm. Interesting, though, because uh, this happened in the radio industry, too. And then it wound up that there were like three companies you could possibly work for. Right. Uh, that makes it tough. Uh, and it, it cuts down on the amount of jobs. But this is the way of the world, all this consolidation. And I I don't hear the left yelling and screaming about the consolidation Disney is doing here. Why is that? Uh, They screamed and yelled and kicked and bit over Clear Channel consolidating and buying up every broadcast property. But they don't seem to have any problem with Disney buying up everything in Hollywood. And how can that be a good thing? When you have uh, one entertainment source, really, everything emanates from Disney. From the parks to just about every movie you see. I mean, they own everything now. Yeah, and a big weekend right now coming up for them. 
Star Wars starts tonight, it right? It sure does. Star Wars The Last Jedi hits theaters tonight. Do you have you have tickets for next week, right? I do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to go next week as well. But uh, if anybody's seen it, I'd love to hear your thoughts on it without Wait a telling minute. us any plot I don't want to hear twist. any thoughts on it. I just want to hear if it's good or not, mm-hmm. if, it, if it lived up to your expectations. Mm-hmm. I've heard it's a little bit darker. I, I've heard there are some big surprises. I don't know what they. I don't want to know what they are because right. I'm going to go watch the what movie. What if Glenn but. Beck calls this program? Because then we're going to know everything about that movie before we get a chance to go see it. Has Has Glenn seen it already? Uh, probably. No, I don't. I don't know. But I don't it, think he has. He'll probably go see it tonight, and then he'll tell everybody about it tomorrow. <laughs> well, if he sees it, he will tell uh, <laughs> everything he knows. Look, about it's it. not a spoiler, but look, guys, Darth Vader. Yeah, his kids. Let me tell you who they are. <laughs> But that didn't ruin anything. You find that out in the last scene. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. so let's just keep him away from us for the next week or so. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Uh Everybody loves a good underdog story. David and Goliath, Rudy from Notre Dame, uh, our sitting president, of course. Think back to the election. He won because everybody saw him as the underdog from the beginning. And conservatives went to the pool, polls in record numbers, and uh, they pushed the underdog to win. Right now, we need another push to support Patriot Mobile, the only conservative cell phone company in this fight. The big mobile phone companies are out there using their money for the promotion of the left, and nobody is stopping them. They pour literally tens of millions, and in some cases, it winds up being hundreds of millions, into things like Planned Parenthood. That's why Patriot Mobile is doing something special for the Christmas season. First of all, up to 5% of your monthly bill goes to a conservative cause that you choose and right now if you join patriot mobile on any talk text or data plan during the this month you'll also receive a new iphone 5s for one penny a month when you commit to supporting them for 24 months up to two per customer so give them a call now and take advantage of this incredible deal 1-800-A-PATRIOT that's 1-800-A-PATRIOT or patriotmobile.com PatriotMobile.com. Pat Gray on the Blaze Radio Network. Unleashed. Welcome. Great to have you here. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Another person caught up in the sexual harassment uh, scandal is Tavis Smiley. Come on down. <laughs> You're the next contestant on the sexual harassment witch hunt. Oh, we got to work on that. Uh, he's, uh, this is great because he's now a victim of the environment he helped create. (laughs) This is a guy who sees racism everywhere, sexism everywhere, uh, classism everywhere. As he said on election night or the, the next, I think it was the next night after Trump won. Uh, Here's what he attributed that win to. But just as sure as Donald Trump won last night, so did racism. So did sexism, sexism, so did classism, classism, and okay. so did militarism. And so we have to oh, wow. accept the fact that these persons are protesting across the country tonight in streets, not because they don't think he won 
uh, the election that he's the duly elected president, but because mm -hmm. when you just flip the script overnight and suggest that we should all unite and all get along, yeah. but there is no apology, there is no atonement, again, for the mm. racism and the sexism and the classism, I don't think you'd expect folk to swallow that so easily, never mind the president's uh, uh, beautiful words earlier today. Isn't that interesting? The racism and the sexism and the classism, uh, now the script has been flipped on him. PBS released this. Effective today, PBS has indefinitely suspended distribution of Tavis Smiley, produced by TS Media, an independent production company. PBS engaged an outside law firm to conduct an invest investigation immediately after learning of troubling allegations regarding Mr. Smiley. This investiga investigation included interviews with witnesses as well as with Mr. Smiley. The inquiry uncovered multiple credible allegations of conduct that is inconsistent with the values and standards of PBS and the totality of this information led to today's decision. He, for his part, said it was a sloppy investigation and uh, he's pretty well denying that he's done anything wrong, but he got caught up in the judgment and he got caught up in, in this movement and again, he helped create this environment. So it's kind of tasty irony there. <laughs> I mean, I don't wish this on anybody, but w when you're in part responsible for what's happening right now, then, you know, how, you, you can't complain much about it. Meanwhile, over at the NFL Network, Warren Sapp, actually, who got fired from the NFL Network in 2015, but he's still part of this sexual harassment lawsuit that uh, the wardrobe woman at NFL Network for a while is filing. And Warren Sapp claims absolute innocence. He said, I'm still trying to figure out where's the sexual harassment. He was among a, a lot of people uh, named in a lawsuit by former NFL stylist Jamie Cantor. Now, he wound up getting fired in 2015 after soliciting a prostitute. So, I mean... You know, Sap apparently has some some issues along these lines, but he's denying any kind of sexual harassment. He did admit, however, to giving sex toys as a gift, and that's one of the things she alleges. I mean, that's at the top of everybody's list, right? The everybody, sex toys, everybody around the office. Oh, I mean, sure. that's what you get like the last day before sure. vacation. Uh huh. Um. So, oh wait, tomorrow is our last day before vacation. Oh yeah. Not on the top of my list. Uh, Sap says we were sitting there around Christmas time and everybody brought a Christmas gift. Little holiday joy for everybody. So my man, I don't know who that is. My man had, had made a little novelty thing that looked like mascara, eyeliner, and different things. Little toys for ladies that move around a bit. He said. <laughs> oh, no. I don't think that helps. I showed them pictures. And the makeup artist said, oh, bring me some. So I brought them some for the makeup ladies. That's that's his claim. He also confirmed there was an interaction in a restroom. <clears throat> but he says that was just because he was in a hurry to use the restroom during a commercial break. Which seems legitimate to me. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> he says, I did walk in the bathroom, but I did not urinate in front of her. I didn't pee in front of my... I, I didn't pee in front of my wife when I was married to her. And I was married to her for nine years. It's just not something you do. <laughs> what is this about? It's not cute. It's not sexual. It's not something you want to see. Last time I checked, if you 
Uh, I won't even read that line. That's nasty. Mm-hmm. Um, but he says, <laughs> so he was in there while she, but if you remember the story, for whatever reason, they set her up in the men's restroom uh, to fold wardrobe items, which is just really bizarre. And so he had to use the restroom and he went in there. And I think she glared at him on the way out. And he said, well, look, don't set up your office in the men's restroom then. Yeah. I put that a little nicer than he did. <laughs> yes, you did. You know, the moral of the story here with Warren Sapp is you're just not, you're going to have to hold it. When you leave the house in the morning, you're just not going to be able to pee till you get back home. It, I mean, I, I don't know if that's what they expect. Is the or drive somewhere. Or what? I mean, let's be more reasonable. Just drive somewhere to mm-hmm. go pee. Right. Okay. Just leave your leave your broadcast mm-hmm. and go somewhere. That'll else. solve the problem. Yeah. Are, is there only one restroom? That's the other question I'd like to ask. Is there only one at the NFL Network? Okay, is I know. <laughs> I know how much it costs for uh, NFL Sunday ticket, and uh, how much these networks uh, have to pay uh, the NFL. Yeah, uh, I'm sure they could. You know, seems like they can afford. They uh, could build another bathroom somewhere. Uh-huh. <clears throat> uh huh. So anyway, he says, "Where's the harassment at?" I'm the notorious one. I'm always the bad guy. That's why I'm in here today. (laughs) Then he says, ain't no me too, nothing. No sexual harassment. You're not going to put that on me. (laughs) I mean, you know, it sounds uh, from his side of the story, legitimate. And it's interesting because everybody else is pretty much just admitting that they did the things they're accused of. Not Warren Sapp. Mm Mm-mm. In fact, Morgan Spurlock, who is the guy, he's a document documentary uh, filmmaker, and he is the person responsible for the movie Super Size Me, hmm. where he ate nothing but McDonald's food for a month, mm-hmm. and it made him super unhealthy and whatever. He's confessed to, n- nobody even accused him yet, but he confessed to a past of disrespecting women, including being accused of rape and settling a sexual harassment claim. Really strange. So uh, wait, so he hasn't been accused publicly. Right. But he's just coming out now before... Mm-hmm. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. He says uh, uh, in a big essay that he put online, I'm part of the problem. He confessed uh, to being accused of rape, which is amazing. He he describes this evening he had with a woman, and they were both, they'd both been drinking, and they were laying around, I guess, at his house on a bed, and she said no, and so they stopped, and they talked, and they kissed a little while, and and she said no again, and they wound up talking some more and laughing and having a good time, and then eventually they took their clothes off and um, and got involved together. Now, is that rape? I guess she considered it rape because she said no at some point. Mm. And that's, you know, with, with all this college hysteria where they say one in five women have been raped in college— they do consider that rape. If the girl has been drinking okay. and she has sex with a guy, it doesn't matter if he's been drinking or not, okay. they call that rape. If she says no anywhere along the line, that's the end of it. And I guess you just have to leave and never try again. Because Wait. if she said no, and then, okay, so you didn't and you stop. But then later on, things heat up again and it does happen and she doesn't say anything. Is that rape? Dear that's a really tough one. I, 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 I mean, it's... It's hard to keep track of this. Seriously, it like, really is. What, I mean, do you have to have do you have to have a signed affidavit and triplicate? Mm-hmm. I think you might. Uh, you uh, know what? Certainly helpful. Wait, wait, wait a second. 
Stu did a bit on his show a few years ago. I know. Where, like, the attorney is there with the paperwork mm-hmm. and throwing a flag on the play. And did you get consent? Did you sign? Oh, my gosh. Man's a prophet. Here we are. Seriously, this is just, this is what I tell my kids as a blanket uh, commentary on the world. Never try to make sense of it. It will just drive you insane. And that's exactly where we are. Mm-hmm. Nothing makes sense and nothing surprising either. Yeah, this is it, it, it's a very difficult one because of the definition of rape now. I mean, it used to be if y- y- you force, forced yourself on a woman, that's okay. That's obvious. Uh, it's not that anymore. It doesn't have to be that dramatic anymore. 888-900-3393. More Pat Gray Unleashed coming up. Gray, the Blaze Radio Network. Gray returns. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. That space probe that is uh, floating around out there. This big cigar like they they say it's it's about a quarter mile long, and uh, it doesn't look like something that was naturally created, like some sort of space rock. It's not a meteor. It's not a comet. Uh, they th- they're considering the fact that it might be. A probe, an alien probe. <clears throat> if they find life here uh, during this discussion, <laughs> this would give them quite a uh, quite an impression of Earthlings, wouldn't well, it? Oh, if boy, what a time for them to be arriving, huh? If they're actually uh, monitoring us right now, uh, this is a bad time. <laughs> it's a bad time. <laughs> when was it a good time? <laughs> Things going 196,000 miles an hour. Uh, it's 260 feet wide and about a quarter mile long. So it's uh, really, and it's tumbling end over end. So they say it looks like a spacecraft would look if its engines were blown. Fascinating. 888 uh, Let's go to Ryan in Michigan. Ryan, you're on the blaze. Hi. Hey, Fat. Hi. Hey, Merry Christmas. Merry I've Christmas. Got a, I've got a Christmas wish that only you can can give okay i want i want to hear you doing an impersonation of al gore while doing an impersonation of arlen specter <laughs> uh i don't even know how that would work it's worth a try yeah it's, uh, i'll try to figure that out i i appreciate it thanks okay, for the call so here's what you're gonna have to do Al Gore impersonating. You're going to have to imagine yourself, mm-hmm. not as a character, but as Al Gore himself. As horrifying as that is, mm-hmm. you're going to have to become Al Gore yeah. and then impersonate Arlen Specter from there. I don't know that that's even possible. Okay. <laughs> but uh, that would take some time to develop. Huh? Oh. And it would probably thought uh, to it. mess you up. Yeah, it would. <laughs> uh, is it slow in California? Yes. 
Yeah, welcome to yeah, the place. Yeah, how you doing? Doing good. Um, wanted to talk to you about this guy. I think he's Strzok, the guy from the FBI who got moved into HR. Yeah. Now, I'm not thinking he's doing new employee into, uh, orientations. But he's in there, and he has his high-level security clearance. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking he's in there purging records. I would probably think that mm. you might see uh, a whole snowstorm full of people who are conservative-minded FBI people getting exposed for things that are in the records, and people who are Hillary-oriented, well, this stuff just disappears. Yeah, well, nothing would surprise me at this point, frankly. Uh, very little surprises me now. Uh, appreciate the call, Slow. I, I, I don't know. I guess we'll have to wait and see on that one. But this investigation has been tainted, I think, from the very beginning. It, and it's tainted with anti-Trump sentiment, which, you know, kind of ruins their credibility, doesn't it? I mean, how do you trust what they're going, the, the conclusions that they're going to reach if they start out hating Trump? I don't know. It seems pretty tough to me. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Also, did you read about Selma Hayek? Uh, speaking of all of these allegations, Selma Hayek has uh, come out about Harvey Weinstein and what she went through with him. Yeah, this is horrible. It's unbelievable. Apparently, uh, you know, when she was a younger actress, uh, she, this was in the mid nineties. Mm. She had done a few things by mm. then. Uh, but she wasn't the, the big star that she eventually became. And so Weinstein sort of tried to t- take advantage of that. And she brought him a project, which was which turned out to be the Freedom movie, uh, who is not a favorite of mine. But mm-hmm. apparently it's a hero to Salma Hayek. Sure. Wasn't she like a she's a Mexican communist? Sure. And uh, and so an artist with a unibrow. Uh-huh. And there you have it. Uh-huh. So she brings him this project, and uh, he made her life hell over it. Uh, apparently, with Harvey, there was no room for negotiation, and she had to fight tooth and nail just to, first of all, he put all kinds of conditions on her um, because she wouldn't succumb to his sexual advances. She said, I had to say no to him at the door at all hours of the night Hotel after hotel, location after location, where he would show up unexpectedly, including one location where I was doing a movie he wasn't even involved with. So she's staying in a city, shooting a movie, and Harvey Weinstein would show up at her at her door uh, asking to come in all hours of the night. She had to say no to me taking a shower with him, no to letting him watch me take a shower, no to letting him give me a massage. No to letting a naked friend of his give me a massage. (laughs) No to letting him give me oral sex. No to my getting naked with another woman. No, 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 no. And with every refusal came Harvey's Machiavellian rage. Wow, that is, that's amazing. And this guy is messed up. After the first no, you know, okay, you're attracted to her. She's beautiful, whatever. And she says, no, I'm not interested in that. I'm not going to do that. And then you just keep this up relentlessly. And I wasn't there to help <clears throat> her. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, he's, she says he claimed that my name as an actress was not big enough and that I was 
incompetent as a producer. But to clear himself uh, legally, as I understood it, he gave me a list of impossible tasks with a tight deadline to bring this project Frida to light. She had to get a rewrite of the script with no additional payment. She had to raise $10 million to finance the film. She had to attach an A-list director, and she had to cast four of the smaller roles with prominent actors. She had to do all that herself. He wasn't going to do it. And, she, and it worked. She did it. She found a way to make that happen. So then, once she got deeply involved in the movie, then uh, he really made her life miserable by showing up on the shoot and telling her that the movie sucked and it had to be redone. And eventually, he said, "We're not gonna. I'm not going to release it. Well, she was already deeply into this project. Mm-hmm. So then uh, he propositioned her by saying, you have to do a nude scene with another woman in the movie. And if you do that, I'll release the film. And she said, I, you know, I already had all these people depending on me. We'd already been shooting for five or six weeks. She already had all of these stars. She'd raised the money. She had all of these careers on the line. So she agreed to do it. And she basically had a nervous breakdown because of it. On the set. On the set. Yeah. Uh, it, it's really a she horrific had to take, story. She was vomiting all morning. She yeah. was ta- crying she, uh, uncontrollably. She did that scene with tranquilizers in her system. Um, that, But I, she actually did the scene, right? I haven't seen the movie, but yeah. I think she did the scene. It says, yeah. So, okay. How, how does this guy... How did... This guy get away with this for so long because nobody would say anything. I don't understand right? how nobody who crossed his path, no matter what level you are, I cannot believe somebody at some point before now didn't say. I, I don't know. All I of just, these men, I don't understand. In the lives of these actresses, yes, had to be complicit with Weinstein. They had to at least look the other way. I mean, they're not helping him oppress these women. But they're helping him by not saying anything, not doing anything. And it, it's it's really despicable just, what's yeah, happened. I, I just I I can't These get are, my mind around it. They're not good people. And and now they're all trying to say, well, yeah, I should have stepped up, and and I know better now. Well, it's too late, George Clooney, Matt Damon, Ben Affleck. Way too late for that now, because all of these women went through hell because you didn't say anything. It's 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 despicable. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Uh so we've got that going on. And of course the investigation, the FBI investigation, uh the Mueller situation, which is getting more and more interesting as we find out more and more about what the FBI was planning to do in the case of a, a Trump election. They had some insurance plan uh that if by some miracle he won the election, they were gonna enact. Love to know what that is. Uh, James in Texas, you're on the blaze. Hi. Hey, actually, uh, I was watching yesterday through the whole discussion, and I did agree that Trey Gowdy, uh, Gowdy did a fantastic job. But mm-hmm. I repeatedly kept hearing, you know, we need to now have a second special counsel. And all these Republicans are now saying special counsel, special counsel, drilling it. And it seems odd to me um, that if you have a special counsel that's now supposedly fraught with bias, that you're going to want a second one. It's kind of like, it seemed to me like it was like, well, you have your biased one, so now we want our biased one. But in reality, it just seems like they should have just said, well, let's just stop this. 
mm-hmm. and let's just have the regular process done. You have the IG watching over everything, and let's say – I don't know how many people are on that committee, but let's just assume 10, right, for an easy number. So then you have five Republicans watching over, and you have five Democrats. And if something starts to get out of whack, well, they are already able to see everything. It's not off closed in some little room where nobody can see anything, and we only get you know little tidbits here and there when somebody finally decides to you know uh, to leak something like the the texts and so forth. Instead, you have basically admitted bias, but you have bias on both sides. Great. Mm-hmm. Well, then they can each counterbalance each other out, and it seems like doing it the normal process would actually have resulted possibly in a more legitimate, less biased investigation overall because none of the you know Clinton emails never would have been dis, uh, dis, you know dismissed as well as mm-hmm. none of this kind of trying to you know frame it in a different manner and you know one guy trying to you know sound like he's the savior of the United States to his girlfriend you know in text messages because none of that would be secret anymore people would be watching over and so it's almost like to me it seems like if you ask for another special counsel all you're doing is saying we want to get more secret away from the public than it already is does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah. It, and then it, I also yeah, uh, go ahead. suggest to you before you go, since y'all been talking about movies and everything else and your Patriot mobile ad reminded me, you know, I don't know if you've seen it, but I know you're waiting to see Star Wars. So a great movie before then, if you haven't seen it, and all your listeners uh, that are into Christian movies but also into sports movies should mm-hmm. rent or purchase Greater. It's just called Greater, and it's about Brian Bullsworth who is a real-life walk-on at Arkansas and a devout Christian. Mm. But it's a better movie than Rudy, and it's a better Christian movie than any other I've seen. Mm. I'll have to check that out. highly recommend You'd love it. And it's called Greater? Greater. It's about Brian Bullsworth Mm. at the University of Arkansas, and he was killed uh, later on. Mm. But it's all about his time at Arkansas, and he was a major devout Christian. He had to go over all these steps, but became— a scholarship athlete at Arkansas went mm. after first walking on. It's a fantastic football movie. Yeah. You'd love it. Sounds good. Thanks, James. Appreciate it. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Uh more Pat Gray Unleashed coming up in a second, but Brad Staggs joins us uh to talk about uh, our favorite subject. You ever tried to put a Christmas ornament in your ear? I have not, Brad. Maybe. That's good. Mm-hmm. I'm glad to hear that. I'm not surprised, Keith. Uh paperclip? No. <clears throat> Maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A stick. Definitely. Ballpoint pen. Absolutely. Napkin, like yes. twisted into a point. Totally. Yes. I actually did that. Yes, no, I've done that. No I did that one. I've done. I know, right? You can't one. do the leverage. Yeah. You can't. It doesn't do anything. Yeah. It's like pushing a chain down the street. <laughs> it doesn't work. Well, the point of all this is, is you shouldn't, shouldn't really put any of that in your ear. Nor should you put a candle in your ear, which is another way that they hmm. say you can get rid of earwax. Yeah. I've never understood that. How did I don't that even either. become a thing. I don't know. Like who was the first person that said, "I tell you what, like let's a do burning it. candle near your hair doesn't sound like a good idea to me." <laughs> they're, 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 uh, before they said that, they said, "Hold my beer and watch this." <laughs> I guarantee it's not a good idea. Which is why doctors actually came up with the WaxRx system. Mm. Yeah, these are doctors. I mean, these are people who know what you should and should not put in your ears. Okay. Uh, which is why they put together a three-part system with the earwax softening drops in the specially designed spray bottle. And actually that conditioning rinse that just leaves those ears soft and oh, so supple, Supple. very supple. Mm. Look, don't try to clean your ear with a Christmas ornament. It never turns out well. Use the WaxRx system. Go to usewaxrx.com. Use promo code radio. You'll get free standard shipping. It's usewaxrx.com. You're listening to Pat Gray on the Blaze Radio Network. 
Pat Gray. Uh, we were talking about uh, George Clooney's negligence in doing anything about Harvey Weinstein for all these women who've been assaulted. Um, here's something kind of cool George Animal Clooney did on a recent flight. They brought their twins, I guess their six-month-old twins, on a flight with them. And so just in case the twins cried the entire flight, they brought everybody, all the fellow passengers, noise-canceling headphones. Oh, awesome. Uh, this is pretty cool. <laughs> they handed out noise-canceling headphones just in case. Love that. Apparently, the, the babies were fine, and oh. they, they, didn't, uh, they didn't scream oh. at all. That's one thing I will not stand for in public. I cannot stand kids screaming, crying, pitching a fit, mm-hmm. making a scene. Um, and the parents doing nothing doing about it. Doing nothing about it. What's not even attempting it. Yeah. You know, I, I, I call those uh, OPKs, other people's kids. Okay. Your OPK is uh, disturbing my uh, enjoyment of my meal. In fact, there's only been one time in my life that I've had to remove my kid uh, from uh, a situation like that. But I absolutely did. You know, mm-hmm. Aslan and I went and sat in the car and Carrie came out and I ate at home. She brought the food out there because I'm not going to no one paid good money to sit there and listen to my kids scream all day. Mm-hmm. Anyway, That's I'm true. off my soapbox now. It's just one Brings of my up another pet interesting peeves. topic, though, is why did you name your little girl after mm-hmm. the lion on uh, the lion witch in the wardrobe? Aslan, why? Why did you what prompted that? When did you stop beating your wife? <laughs> See, I didn't. We didn't name name <laughs> of her after you did. that. No, it's absolutely not. It's the lion on the no. lion witch in wardrobe. It's not spelled it's the Aslan. same way. It's not pronounced the same way. It's actually an even better story, Pat. It's from uh-huh. uh, we mispronounced the name that was uh, a credit in U uh, two liner notes. We just changed the spelling, screwed up the pronunciation, really? and uh, you get okay. to live with it, Aslan. Congratulations. All right. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Interesting article about uh, Ted Cruz being in trouble. Now, not with sexual allegations. They're talking about in his election next year. He's up for re-election in 2018. And supposedly, uh, Democrats have a a real chance at beating him? I don't believe that. Uh, Representative Beto O'Rourke from El Paso is apparently going to run against him. And uh, according to the magazine The Week, she's got a real real chance of beating him. Now, he doesn't have any molestation scandals hanging over his head or any other scandal that I know of. But uh, supposedly, his approval rating is actually lower in Texas than Roy Moore's was in Alabama. Hmm. That is unbelievable. Why? Your opinion of... Two Senate candidates. This is from a uh, UT poll. Favorable opinion of Ted Cruz, 38%. Unfavorable, 45 He's seven points underwater there. Don't know is uh, 17%. Beto O'Rourke, whoever that is, has 16% favorable, 13% unfavorable. Nobody knows the person yet. Don't know or neither, 69%. At the same time, uh, Roy Moore had a higher approval rating in Alabama. Now, what is that attributed to? I I can't think of why people's opinions of Ted Cruz would be so low. I I, I guess my only theory on that Uh, would be... Maybe because 
he hacked us off when he supported Trump, mm. and he hacked the Trump supporters off by not mm. supporting him soon enough. That's probably the biggest one, that, that last one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so it's, it's not reflective necessarily of the job he's doing in the Senate, but it is reflective of what happened during the campaign right. when he stepped out. Right or wrong. He yep. was perceived as the man who stood in the way yeah, he of was. making America great again. All right. And so there you go. Maybe it's residual from that. I don't know. Yeah, I th- I, it's got to be that because w- I, he's not even really in the forefront much anymore. Mm. I mean, you would I, I, nobody's even talking about him lately. Mm-hmm. Uh, 888-933-93. We also have uh, just today, the rest of today's show, and uh, tomorrow before Christmas vacation. So if you feel like uh, getting into any Christmas-related situations like um, the must-have gift for 2017, Mm. which I have no idea what that would be. I I don't have. I don't like gifts. It doesn't seem like there's a big, you know, cabbage patch type present (laughs) or, you know, I've got to have this particular game that's come out. Yeah. Or the talking Elmo. Remember what a phenomenon that was? Yeah. Everybody had to have the tickle me Elmo thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, and you know, fidget spinners, they, they peaked like uh, in the spring, you know? So it wasn't like a big right. Christmas thing. Right. But um, I'm I'm looking forward to tomorrow's uh, Pat Gray Unleashed. When Where we... we'll also be doing uh, some of the best clips of the year and yeah. of all time. So, yeah, if you have any suggestions you want to hear on the program, uh Tweet uh, at Pat Unleashed. What do we want to do? A hashtag. And I know you're great at coming up with these hashtags there, Pat. Um, hashtag Audio Vault. Uh, sure. Okay. Hashtag yeah. Audio Vault. Okay. Be hearing things like this. You pooped in your pants. I, I pooped my pants. So, uh, <laughs> Al Roker's, uh, Al Roker's absolutely eternal uh, admission that he pooped in his pants. You pooped in your pants. I, I pooped my pants. You pooped in your pants. I, I pooped my pants. You pooped in your pants. I, I pooped my pants. All right. Triple eight nine hundred thirty-three ninety-three. I love that. Uh Brian in Arkansas, you're on the blaze. Hi. Hi, sir. Good morning. Hey. Merry Christmas to everybody, first of all. You too. But, uh, you know, you were talking about George Clooney and uh, you know, Von Canceling uh headphones and stuff. That's mm-hmm. you know, really nice if uh uh, you know, you can afford that kind of stuff. Right. I'm never on that flight. I'm always on the one before or after. But anyway, <laughs> um, I'm a 100% disabled veteran, and uh, I take care of my mom. Uh, she has dementia. I'm her primary caregiver. But anyway, I try my best to be positive and be a good Christian every day. But every once in a while, I just can't do that. Uh, when you have a little bitty smart-alecky little kid in the grocery store that you just want to beat the living stew out of. Uh, not really. I would never do that. No, but, no. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, what I like to do is, you know, when mom's, you know, uh, you know, about you know, 15, 20 feet away from the, the baby, um, what I like to do, and it sounds bad, but I like to pass gas. And and what I yeah, do, does sound what bad. I do is I kind of go around the corner a oh, little man. bit, and then the mm-hmm. mom comes back and goes, 
Oh, good Lord, sweetheart, did you poop your pants? We're going to have to go into the bathroom and, uh, you know, you know, change your diapers. Now, uh, it, Hold on, Brian, hold on, hold on. You hold can on. really do that on demand? Thank you. You can... Well, you know, it's not on demand, but uh-huh. I mean, you know, sometimes, like I said, I'm 100% disabled, so yeah. you, you'd be surprised. Something's still working when, there. Uh, when motivated. Let's yeah, I d- appreciate the call. I think. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. More Pat Gray Unleashed coming up. Pat Gray Unleashed on the Blaze Radio Network. is here on the Blaze Radio Network. Uh, so the GOP is wrapping up their $1.5 trillion tax deal. Uh, it really doesn't do much for anybody but corporations, as far as I can tell. The top rate goes from 39.6 to 37. Woo! Wow! Uh, they keep, I believe, the 35% rate. Uh, see, some of the other details... And it's it's fascinating that there's still 200 running a deficit of 201.8 billion dollars, and they just had record revenue from yeah. taxes. And that deficit you just referred to that was only over the last two months. Yeah, right. I mean, come right. on, man. Not even trying. So it'll be uh, fascinating to see if uh, the tax cuts spur the economy. They should, I would think. I, I believe, as Trump does, that it will bring money back into the United States. When the t- when the corporate tax rate goes from 35 to 20 or 21, I think they bumped it back up to 21. Yes. Uh, th- that's going to help a lot. Because right now, we're, at, we're tied for the highest corporate tax rate in the world, in the industrialized world. I think there's third world nations that have higher. Also, Roy Moore has still not conceded. In his statement, uh, his statement was kind of unusual. It wasn't a a normal, I just lost the election sort of statement, or we're going to wait a few days and do the recount. He put out a four-minute fire and brimstone video about about abortion, same-sex marriage, school prayer, sodomy, and the right of a man to claim to be a woman and vice versa. He said, we are indeed in a struggle to preserve our republic, our civilization, and our religion, and to set free a suffering humanity. Today, we no longer recognize the universal truth that God is the author of our life and liberty. Abortion, sodomy, and materialism have taken the place of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. You know, that's... I mean, there's truth to that, right? It's just that I'm not sure this is the time or the place for for, for making these statements. He's not going to win the recount, and he's just prolonging this and causing more uh, division. He said, in this race, we have not received the final count to include military and provisional ballots. This has been a very close race. And we're waiting certification by the Secretary of State. It's his right to do it. So we'll see what happens. 
but uh, he was a point and a half behind at the at the end of the night, and it's highly unlikely that that's going to be overturned. Yeah, I wonder how many military ballots do we know are outstanding. I, I didn't see that in this story. Mm. Um, I'm going to try to find that out. Cause he, you know, he would win the military ballots, though. Uh, I don't know if by a large enough margin. And are there enough of them? And he's, I think, 22,000 votes behind right now. Last I heard. 22,000 total votes? Uh, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so... Uh, but and how many military personnel are there voting in this election from Alabama? Okay. So he's within 20,715. Um, I'm, I'm sorry. He's like the only person that uh, thinks he's... So- Here we go. Check this out. Mm-hmm. This mirrors... 20. Okay, so in 2016, military data showed that uh, only 8,700 Alabamans are serving in the U.S. military overall on active duty. Okay, so he could get every vote. But there are 20,000 people from Alabama in the military reserves, but certainly they all didn't vote or may not uh, overseas and already voted in Alabama. Yeah, <clears throat> so that's... it's You it's, lost, sir. Yeah, he's lost. <laughs> Bye-bye. Uh, and it's too bad because, I, you know, Doug Jones is not going to be a good senator. Doug Jones is a radical. He's a far left-wing guy. And it's just a shame that Alabama is going to have to put up with that. And now the rest of the country is going to have to put up with that. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. And once again, as we mentioned yesterday, the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductees this year for 2018, so this coming uh, class, include Bon Jovi, um, Nina Simone, The Cars, Dire Straits, The Moody Blues, and Sister Rosetta Tharp. They'll be inducted at a ceremony on April 14th. Uh, And as I have made mention several times, still not included and still not even nominated ever. Foreigner. And they're not the only ones. You got Foreigner out there. Okay. You've got Def Leppard. Wow. Out in the cold. Mm-hmm. Def Leppard has sold over 120 million albums worldwide. I'd still put Foreigner. But 120 million. But yeah. But I like Def Leppard. Sure. They're fine. Yeah. Uh, are they Rock and Roll Hall of Fame material? I think so. But they fit into that same kind of category, I think. The, the arena rock category that the Hall of, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame just won't acknowledge them. How about the Doobie Brothers not being in the Rock and Roll Hall of oh, Fame? Interesting. The Doobie Brothers. Uh, Bad Company, not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Hmm. The Cure. Oh, hey, now now we're starting to hit closer to home. Uh-huh. I like The Cure. Mm-hmm. I think they're good, and I think they belong, and I think they were influential. And I think they kind of created a whole separate sort of little niche. Mascara niche? Yeah. Uh-huh. Show me, show me, show me. Sorry. A great song, by the way. Uh, the Guess Who is not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Who's that? I'm, you want me to guess? <laughs> Sorry. No. It's almost vacation time. That's cute. That's I'm going to be doing this for the rest of the week. But uh, The Guess Who uh, with uh, Burton Cummings and Randy Bachman. Yeah, wow. Not, yeah. in the, not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. <clears throat> guess Who has a lot of hits. Yeah. Uh, I was just listening to that not a few weeks ago. Um, American Woman, mm-hmm. Share the Land, 
these eyes. Yes, that's what I was to name a few. On. Uh, Sammy Hagar is not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Really? Ozzy Osbourne is not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Shut up. Now, Black Sabbath is. Okay, well, maybe they covered their But bases. his solo career has not been recognized. Huh. You know, if you've got Ringo Starr as a solo artist, you've got to put Ozzy Osbourne in there. Uh, what do you think? Nine Inch Nails? Do they belong? I don't know, but you talk about influence. Nine Inch Nails? That sound, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's... Uh, hmm. Yeah. Mm, Trent Reznor, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Soundgarden? Not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah. Do they belong? I don't know. They might be sort of borderline. Mm-hmm. But Pat Benatar, I think, should be in the Rock and Roll That's Hall of surprising. Fame. That's surprising. She's not. Hmm. Why? I mean, she's a lot bigger than... You know who they put in? Was it last year or the year before? Was uh, oh, I Love Rock and Roll Chick? What was... Uh, uh, Janice... Uh, no, no, not no Joan Jett. Joan Jett. Joan Jett. Is, is, is in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I believe. And Pat Benatar is not? Wow. How did that happen? How does that happen? Okay. And how do they justify that? Roy Moore, there's where your recount efforts need to be focused. On the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, man. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Boston is not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. What? Boston. Oh, now you're... Boy, you are... Ooh, okay, hold <laughs> right? on a second. Gun to your head. Who do you want in? Who, who does Pat Gray want in more? Boston mm-hmm. or Foreigner? I think because Foreigner's... Longevity? Musical longevity mm-hmm. uh, was better than Boston's. I'm going to go for it Be- because Boston had three great albums and then they were kind of gone. Uh, I know how much you love Boston. I remember. I do love them. I remember when I was in middle school, mm-hmm. whatever album that was that had uh, Smokin' or what was it? Yeah. But that anyway. Was, that was the first one. Okay. I probably listened to that album every day for a month. Uh, straight, th- I mean, multiple times a day. I don't know what it was, but uh, it's a great uh, album. Yeah, my stepbrother he had um, he had CDs, and I did not. And so while he was away at work, and I would come home from school, I would just go and listen to all of his music. And uh, mm-hmm. I remember, and I would record them. So that way, I, I wouldn't have to keep them in my room forever. I would record them to a cassette tape, and then I would have them. I probably still have them today. But yeah, Boston. I was on a Boston kick for a long while. Good times. Uh, Three Dog Night. Is not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It's my first concert, Pat. Styx mm. is not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Mm. And this one I, I could go either way on. Badfinger. Not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but a great band. Mm. Heart. Uh, Ron was just asking uh, in the other room if Heart is it. They were inducted in 2012. So Heart is in the Rock and Roll Hall mm. of Fame. But that's a pretty solid list. It sure is. Of legendary rock and roll bands and rock and roll artists that are not in the Hall of Fame, and some of them have never even been nominated. Is there a limit to how many they allow in every year? What's the criteria on that? Do we know? I, we should look up. The, I'm doing it. Yeah, look up the criteria because they also uh, have some weird line about <clears throat> whether or not you're a rock artist, but they ignore that line with people like Nina Simone and uh, Janet Jackson, who was nominated last year. Oh, wow. So 
Here's here's the eligibility. Okay. Okay. Artists, yeah. a group encompassing performers, can Okay, we got it. Become eligible for induction 25 years after the release of their first commercial recording. Right. Besides demonstrating unquestionable musical excellence and talent, inductees will have had a significant impact on the development, evolution, and preservation of rock and roll. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to know though who votes. Who, it doesn't say on them at the website and on this page, all this information. It doesn't say, just says categories, but it doesn't say, you know, like, like, you know, we got sports writers for the Heisman. Right. Where the heck do we have, you know, music writers? I'd like to know this. I, I'm trying to figure this out. So I'll get back to you. Okay. But basically you just have to have been influential, right? Yeah. You have to be, 20, is, is popular in, in there at all? Is that an issue of whether or not people like your your music? Twenty five years removed from your first. Twenty five years removed. Recording. Yes. I don't know. Also, uh, whether or not you were influential, and that's really subjective, because you know that that's hard to define. But whether or not you've been popular is not hard at all to define. Did you sell out concert venues and did you sell records? And uh, these bands did. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three eight 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 nine hundred three three nine three. 3393 Let me tell you about FilterBuy.com because uh, if you have all kinds of junk floating around in your house, then when you kick your furnace on this year, if you haven't changed its filter for a long time, it just makes that problem worse because it blows all that stuff around in your house and it just keeps circulating. But there's a great solution, and it is called FilterBuy.com. Go there and search by the size you need, by the brand name you're looking for, or the Merv rating you want. And even if you have some kind of weird filter size in your furnace or your air conditioning system, that's not a problem at all because they can literally make one just for you. Then your filter is shipped free right to your door within 24 hours. All their filters are made right here in the USA. These are high quality. And when you set up auto delivery, you save 5%, and then you never have to worry about it again because when it's time to change your air, air, air filters, the filters show up at your doorstep. So go to filterby.com today, get the best price on top quality filters made right here in America and shipped free within 24 hours. Filterby.com. Pat Gray, Unleashed, the Blaze Radio Network. Now back to Pat Gray on the Blaze Radio Network. 888-900-3393. This is uh, breaking. Paul Ryan sees his wild Washington journey coming to an end. So Speaker of the House, Paul Ryan, is apparently going to step down after the uh, midterm elections in 2018. So next November, Mm. he's he's done. And I guess he wants to get out of the out of the Congress. Right. Yeah, he's done. This is interesting because he says he said he felt he was made for this moment. <laughs> As if this tax cut is some kind of great defining achievement. Stop. This is the moment you were made for? What a crappy moment to be made for. <laughs> what? <laughs> if this is the moment you were made for, wow. 
Uh, that's not saying much about your makeup. But now, on the verge of achieving his long-sought legislative dream, he's got his eyes on the exit. Mm. His long-sought he did so much legislative though. dream is is passing this dumb do nothing tax cut that is really almost meaningless other than the corporate tax cut which will be good and will spark the economy i believe look some people have worthwhile dreams such as yourself and getting foreigner into the rock and roll hall of fame <laughs> right. Paul Ryan just wanted a uh, vanilla tax just, cut yeah. uh, and then he was ready to ride off into the sunset i was victor. just hoping to get taxes down a full two percent that's all i wanted to do okay Ooh, i guess my work here is done <laughs> merry christmas y'all no i got more breaking news for you as enjoy well, that 38 dollars a year everybody Woo-hoo. you're welcome Woo. you're welcome and if the republicans retain the house which I guess a coin flip at this point. Uh, yeah, 2018, they may not. Maybe Louis Gohmert could not. be the next. Yeah, whatever. I'm dreaming now. See, that's my dream. Yeah, Gohmert's not going to do it. Um, again, uh, they don't like him. Right. I, I don't know why. Uh, because I, he does stuff. He's got he's got values. He's that's got why chutzpah, they don't like him. And they don't want people with chutzpah in their face. So who should be the next speaker uh, if Paul Ryan does leave? Me. Anybody can do it. Just elect me. I'll it is good. true. Yeah. It is true. That's cool. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. If you got some thoughts on that, I got um, some more breaking news out of Washington right now. What else do we have? Uh, the FCC has just voted to overturn net neutrality rules. Nice. So there you go. Now, now, see now. I don't want him to, but uh, Aji Pai could also be like, all right, you know what? I'm going to call it a career. My work oh, here is done. Now that would actually that would be a loss. Be it would be a loss, but it would be more of a worthwhile announcement as far as oh look, I yeah, actually look, accomplished something. I actually big. did some things. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's interesting because as they do the uh, net neutrality overturning, they're also Democrats are trying to bring back uh, the fairness doctrine. It's like a whack-a-mole game. I know. I can't take it. I know. So we're going to need a jeet pie for that fight mm-hmm. because you can't bring back the fairness doctrine. That's just it's ridiculous. You know what? When when someone asks you. <clears throat> Why do you guys hate Obama so much and everything is negative? You know what? No, I, I have something good to say about Obama and it's not a singing voice. It is. Thank you for gracing us with the presence of Pai and the FCC uh, uh, commission because Trump, how do you make that mistake? I, I, I don't know. Really somebody, strange. somebody said, look, man, we got this, uh, wow. this guy, you know, he's, he's, he's a minority and oh, he must be great. Okay, cool. Put him in. They didn't even, they clearly did not look into this guy. They must him. not have. Because I just love it. He's the only one slipped through. that slipped through in the Obama administration. Whereas that happens to Republicans all right. the time. I know. It's nice all to the see time. it finally. Something happened good for our side. Woohoo! Yeah. <sighs> yeah, and so I wouldn't. I would not be surprised uh, to see Ajit Pai uh, step down too. Be- I, he's not saying that. Though, no, right? no, no. I just. I, I merely it threw that out there because me, it though. broke at the same time as Paul Ryan. Please don't read into that. Yeah. In fact, I think his term ends. Let's see. Da da da. Term ends. Hang on. We're gonna find out. His term is I the end of seventeen or oh, twenty seventeen. Hold on. No, just uh, hold on. I don't know when this article was written. Talk about something else. I'm going to confirm or deny this. I think he got another five-year term uh, from Trump, so I believe he's going to be good through 1890-2021. Public school math, I think 22. We good? Well, if yeah, if it's another five term. Yeah, I, I just haven't term. seen that number on any of these stories that I'm scrolling through. <laughs> Hopefully he'll be here because we need, I mean, seriously, when they crank up the fight for the fairness doctrine and start saying that, uh, it's unfair that there's not more liberals on talk radio ignoring everything else that liberals dominate 
we're gonna we're gonna need like an Ajit pie in that fight. Mm-hmm. And dude is only forty four years old. Wow, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> he's gonna be. Here he's for really a while. good. Yeah, and he's he's come on the air a few times uh, on Glenn Show. He'll actually he'll actually respond to people. He'll actually uh, mm-hmm. face the music. He'll tell you why he's making the decisions he's making. And he tweets. And he tweets. Just like you. Just, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a tweeting animal, and I can't stop tweeting. I right. just, it's, uh, I love it. You know, I love social media. And where can people find you on the Twitter? Uh, at Pat Unleashed, of course. Well, you knew that. Uh, you you knew that. Mm-hmm. At Pat Unleashed. Uh, that's where you find me. And then, of course, you know, on the Facebook, too. You can thumb up me there. Uh-huh. You can thumb up. Pat Gray yeah. Unleashed. Yeah, so the Senate voted to uh, uh, confirm him for a second term. So it uh, looks like through June of 2021, it looks like. Okay. That's that's good. Yeah. That's good. That's enough time to stave off <laughs> the the next battle. And they always do the same thing. Well, you know, look, you've got Fox News and talk radio, and and there's there's no liberals on any of that. Okay, but you've got MSNBC and CNN, NBC, ABC, CBS. You have every television network. You have every movie production studio. Uh, You have every newspaper, every major newspaper in America. You've got the magazines. You've got Time and Newsweek. I mean, I don't know how they push that conservatives rule the the, uh, media thing but they do Mm. somehow they do and it's nonsense uh i guess there's a uh a jurassic park that is coming out pretty soon jurassic park four or five yeah there was about a three minute uh, trailer that aired during the falcon saints game last week and since i'm the only person left watching the nfl i can uh, be the one to tell you that it looked very good and i'm not a jurassic park guy but boy i want to see this one now really yeah okay uh we've got a um an actual real world jurassic park type situation uh developing scientists uh paleontologists have have discovered 99 million year old ticks in amber so this is the same scenario as jurassic park except for these are ticks as opposed to mosquitoes oh and these aren't in my attic like everything else apparently lives forever no no and they're holding on to a feather of a dinosaur indicating the parasite fed on the blood of prehistoric monsters so they think they can extract the dna from these ticks and (laughs) eventually like they do in Jurassic Park, recreate dinosaurs. Who's going to end our suffering sooner? The aliens <laughs> or the dinosaurs? <laughs> in her book, uh, Bring Back the King, The New Science of De-Extinction, wow. Helen Pilcher wrote, what if many millions of years ago there had been a hungry mosquito that died on a dinosaur and then became trapped in amber with its supper still inside its stomach? If one could recover a dinosaur blood cell from inside that mosquito, or that tick in this case, and then transplant it into an egg that had its own DNA removed, it is possible to grow a dinosaur. Mm. That would be absolutely incredible. I'd love to see that. But but the problem is, are we going to know ahead of time what kind of dinosaur it was feasting on? Because I'm a little concerned that there's just a little bit too a- much ambiguity there. I mean, seriously, what, yeah. what are we hatching? I uh, Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> 
And that's the problem with this stuff. Like in the movie, this always gets away from us, right? Mm-hmm. It always, we don't know what we're doing when it comes to this kind of stuff. And it's best just to leave well enough alone, probably. No, I tell you, though, I'd, I'd much rather have like a flesh-eating dinosaur than having like a Barney hatch out of there. Because, <laughs> I mean, that's annoying as hell. I don't want that. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Also, yesterday, Jim Jordan was on uh, Lou Dobbs, and he was talking about uh, the bias that's in the Mueller team. And uh, I think we played that for you earlier. We'll play that again uh, coming up in a little while because uh, it's worth delving into again uh, today. This this situation is. Uh, getting to a critical level with this Mueller investigation. And I think maybe the tide is just beginning to turn as as far as this uh, investigation is concerned. And we're starting to find out uh, what people have been saying all along, and that's that this investigation is so biased that you can't trust what's coming out. They're, they're losing all their credibility. So we will uh, play that for, again for you later on and uh, get into that as well. We also have Jeffy coming up in just a few seconds. Hmm. I mean, we have Jeffy coming up in a few seconds. Oh, looky there. He'll be chewing the fat He's with right us. right there on the other side of the glass. And there he is on the other side of the glass. Don't don't feed the Hi, Jeffy. Hi, Jeffy. <laughs> there he is. All right, coming up on Pat Gray Unleashed. Get in here. Gray, only on the Blaze Radio Network. Pat Gray. Triple eight, nine hundred thirty-three ninety-three. Out of music, of course, means it's time for chewing the fat with Jeffy. Hello, happy Thursday. Having a good day. <laughs> Sorry, how are you holding up? Yeah. Doing four hundred right, shows yeah. a day, man. That's fine. No problem. Piece of cake. Okay. But uh, net neutrality, I heard you mention, uh, mm-hmm. uh, just uh, went the way of, of the free market. Uh, a lot yes. of people were. Uh, all wound up about that, which is really surprising, right? I mean, they were, we talked about that a little bit yesterday. Like, why, mm-hmm. why are you for the government control? I just don't right. quite understand it. Right. However, it's been trending uh, for the last few hours mm. uh, on Twitter. But uh, the good thing about America is that uh, is education. And that might be an issue of why they were for the government control. Because uh, net neutrality wasn't trending. It was hashtag net neutrality. Uh, was trending. Net neutrality? Net neutrality was trending, not net neutrality. Oh, really? Uh, really bad. It's, yeah. Really bad. And I don't know mm-hmm. if there was some kind of, somebody can tell me there was some kind of Is maybe a little drone. If there was some kind of, if that was something that was supposed to be funny. 
Mm. But a lot of people on that uh, hashtag were complaining that uh, I guess Spellcheck wasn't part of the deal. Uh, I guess net neutrality is trending on Twitter. There must be a joke to it, but it was it was kind of bad. Yeah, kind it's of. kind of bad. Mm-hmm. It's kind of bad that uh, mm-hmm. that uh, it's trending, and uh, I guess what <laughs> it shouldn't it should be there's, spelled correctly. Yeah, there's no such thing as yes. net neutrality. <laughs> it should be spelled correctly. Right. <laughs> Some things just yeah. And once again, uh, you talked a little bit about the uh, Disney deal mm-hmm. and uh, 20th Century Fox. Which was, you know, I mean, huge, right? I mean, it's a good deal, and they made there's a lot of money to it. Fifty-four but, billion, uh, right? Oof, man, and the details weren't really uh, all out there of what it was going to happen. But once again, the Simpsons were correct. Uh, the Simpsons had a show back in 1998 that predicted 21st century and Disney. Yet another prediction on the Simpsons, a 1998 episode, When You Wish Upon a Star. And they had the big Fox studio. If you're watching on Blaze Television, you can see the snapshot of the Fox studio where a division of the Walt Disney Company is written on the sign in front of the building. Really? Yeah. Wow. Pretty amazing. That's kind of weird. Pretty amazing. I mean, they've done, right? We've had the, we've had the, uh, we've had the uh, Donald Trump prediction. Yeah. We've had the Lady Gaga prediction, which I forgot about. What the, was the Lady Gaga the, uh, prediction? Uh, the Siegfried and Roy Tiger attack. The Lady Gaga performing the Super Bowl halftime show while soaring through the air with the harness. I don't want to think about that Super Bowl halftime show because it makes me. And remember the Kevin Spacey? Mm-hmm. Was yes. that no? That was that was Family Guy. That was guy. Family Guy. Was though, family yeah, guy. That wasn't Simpsons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, that's really but I mean weird. that's very pretty impressive. Weird. Pretty impressive. Yeah. Huh. And um, I mean, I got a lot of. You know, let's do some animal stories. I got a lot of animal stories. It's Thursday. Thursdays is Animal Day, right? No. Um, I turn Thursdays into Animal Day. Yeah, no, it's... Okay. You sure? Mm Mm-hmm. No. No what? No, Thursdays is Animal Day. Well, what do you have? Do something. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. Because scientists have unearthed an Otago Beach fossil bone that might be the heavyweight champion of the penguin world. The bird, nearly six feet tall, thrived about 60 million years ago. How about a penguin six feet tall? I would kick your butt. You ain't coming. You ain't catching that penguin. Oh, they just have those little flippers. What are they going to kick your the... butt with? <laughs> At six feet tall? Yeah. You peck your eyes out. Just, just stay away from its beak and you're fine. <laughs> Plus, you, I'm you pretty sure a gun out. brings down a six-foot penguin just like it does a three-foot penguin. Hey, I don't know about that. <laughs> I think it does. I don't know. I do. I, I don't do. know about that. Uh, the uh, researchers have found an ancient shark in the North Atlantic. Yeah, this is amazing. Uh, could be the oldest living vertebrate in the world, possibly 512 years old. Yeah, this shark was I, born, it's they amazing. think, he in, and I were on the Earth at the same time. in 1505. Yeah, 18-foot Greenland shark. This team has been studying, uh, was at least 272 years old, mm-hmm. and they figure now it's closer to 500. Did you cross over paths 500. with it? I don't recall. When you were a youngin? <laughs> I, don't, I don't recall. But earlier this year, a professor from the Arctic University of Norway found that uh, Greenland sharks could have a lifespan of up to 400 years. And now they're saying, uh, mm-hmm. mm, you know what? Might be, be a little over five. Wow. Yeah. Maybe that's six. That's amazing. That sure is. I mean, that's fascinating. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. And, and they know this because sharks only grow at a one centimeter a year. Right. A centimeter a year. So to get to 18 feet... It would have had to have been 512 right. years old. And uh, I love how they <laughs> they eat on, uh, you know, carcasses of bears that have, uh, 
you know, that have drowned in the water or mm-hmm. just have died. Mm-hmm. And they are uh, Found uh, them in uh, the stomach. They're plagued by worm like parasites that latch onto their eyes. So they've been, uh, they just. Ooh. I know. It's, That's nasty. That is nasty. Yeah. And they don't know how they breed yet. If they, they figure they might breed uh, way down deep. Oh, really? Yeah, way down deep. Mm. We That's also just, have. Uh, just like you, right? Disappoint. Is that how you breed? Way down deep, baby. <laughs> You get a little bit of Jeffy way down uh-huh. deep. Yeah. Uh, disappointing news, too, here. Uh, a femur bone uh, from the body of a purported Yeti, the Bigfoot, mm-hmm. found in a Tibetan cave. DNA results mm-hmm. have come in. It wasn't a Yeti. It's a brown bear bone. Yeah. <laughs> kind of figured that. What do you mean? It's possible. I mean, mm-hmm. but no. Uh, the adopt- <laughs> uh, this no, is, this you know, is the keep- only Yeti that exists right here. Uh, this. That's real. Cup. That's, that's real. real. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. They had, uh, you know, they have, uh, they found some other stuff too in the past too that uh, came back and they were all excited and uh, yeah, nap it's a dog. Yeah. Yeah. Move on. It's not happens all the time. Yeah, all, all, all the time. The time. I mean, the big footers are, uh, they want it to be true. Mm-hmm. And at one point, I can guess, you know, why they wanted it to be true, because it's kind of a cool little thing to think that something like that would be roaming around and the sightings here or there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know there were a couple of uh, broadcast entities that broadcasted uh, tape recordings of the Bigfoot in the wild. Uh, not sure I believed it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they've never we've never had a, you know, a real sighting that we can actually verify. And we've never, you know, like they, you'd think we'd find, you know, I get that they could be hiding forever or find a way to hide, but we've never find any kind of remains nesting mm-hmm. and none oh, of that, yeah, yeah. no nesting, none of that, none of no waste. Mm-hmm. So, um, maybe, uh, they don't. Yeah, I think it's possible, you know. (laughs) And a University of Bristol study revealed in new details, um, birds are the direct descendant. Feathered dinosaurs were even fluffier than we thought. So they were bigger and fluffier than we thought. So be be prepared for some of the new dinosaurs to have giant wings in the uh, museums instead of of just looking like that. I mean, the museum, we're bringing them back, man. They had uh, the feathers around the body, uh, as known as contour feathers, revealed the newly described extinct primitive feather form consisting of a short quill with long, independent, flexible barbs erupting from the quill at low angles to form two veins and a fork feather shape. You have no idea what they look like. They, just, they, don't, know. <laughs> they don't know. They're just throwing this stuff out now. I think they are. Uh, oh, I, and I, they had a horn. You know what? I think their, so, too. Out the <laughs> rectal cavity. Oh, oh and, what? And, and they had claws uh, instead of hooves. Oh, and they had hair instead of fur. Eh, shut up. You don't have any coming idea. out of the rectal yeah. cavity? Yes, they did. Yeah, yeah. they did. The, only they did. the... Only only the the one the one kind right. had a horn coming out of the right. rectal huh. cavity. The one kind that uh, was uh, it only creates a certain kind of oil out of the mm-hmm. earth, mm-hmm. which I, be- I believe uh, I'm with you that uh, I don't th- I don't, I don't think, think it's it fossil, fossil fuel. fuels. I don't either. I, you were I think 
I don't know if we've talked about that on this particular show. We've talked about it on Pat and Stu and on Glenn's show. But you're 100% correct. But I mean, I, I, I believe... absolutely believe absolutely. that oil is a renewable resource. Yes. I believe the it earth. renews itself. It's some kind of Amen. goo that comes out of the earth, and it's not from fossils. Amen. I don't think it is. Because ever so often, we're running out, we're running out. Oh, another find. Out. Oh, we've gone to peak oil 100 times. Yeah. The first peak oil was 1921. Well, where are we now? We got more oil than we've we ever had with. in the history of the planet. <laughs> it just keeps yeah. coming. Yeah. So I, I don't. I think. I think it renews itself. And uh, it, that isn't because all of a sudden that we found a, a special grave of dinosaurs that showed up again. <laughs> right. No. no it's sorry. Not. I'm sorry. That no, didn't happen. No. It's not. No. <laughs> no. Uh, we found another big pile what? of dinosaurs and leaves that just fossilized and turned into oil. Yeah. No. I'm no. sorry. That did not happen. Yeah, and I know that you have a uh, guest coming up to talk about some of the craziest stories from college campuses mm-hmm. uh, in 2017. <laughs> uh, perhaps you could talk to her a little bit about uh, the latest trend in stress reduction on college campuses. Oh, whoa, now! Uh, I know, I know, but uh, USF uh, kicked us all off. And uh, why? What you say would be stress reduction for college campuses? Uh, therapy llamas. <laughs> Therapy llamas. Uh, therapy llamas. Uh, mm-hmm. University okay. of South Florida kicked us off with therapy llamas, and uh, they just bring them in, and people, you know, come by and pet them and feel better. <laughs> what? They feel stink. better about it. Uh, hey, look, look, the people from USF sounded off on Twitter, and they told us, hey, uh, once another, <laughs> I saw a llama today on campus, and magically I feel like I'm going to pass. My finals. Thanks, USF. <laughs> Hope they failed. Uh, Radford University, uh, library stress buster, featured therapy llamas as well. Oh, and bunnies. They tweeted out, llamas are here, bunnies too, visitor animal friends. That's unbelievable. And then, if that wasn't enough, uh, the University of California, Berkeley, uh, also had uh, therapy llamas on campus. So to ease the finals drama. So stop by Give the llamas a rub and a hug. <laughs> wow. well, we seriously are missing out. We've got to buy some llamas in this for this building. We've got to buy some llamas for this yeah. business. We got, we go. I mean, how many colleges in Texas? A lot. We ship those bad boys every campus in Texas for yeah. therapy llamas. Well, I, I think we need them in this building. I agree. Where's at least my one em- like emotional ro- support llama for here. Like roaming the halls or something? I mean, we or? need at least yes. one, right? Yeah. Huh. I'm with you on that. I, I don't have a problem with that. Yeah, let's, let's look into that. <laughs> I'll make a note. It's unbelievable. Oh, it, it's man. unbelievable. And uh, we talked a little bit earlier about uh, some of the new deals the NFL is making, but uh, Verizon uh, just signed a new agreement with the NFL to broadcast games across its digital properties, including Yahoo, Yahoo Sports, Go 90 and AOL on mobile devices, tablets, and OTD devices for free, regardless of the viewer's carrier. Now, the terms of this deal were not fully disclosed, but uh, they figure it's, wow. uh, they claim it's going to be about $1.5 billion over five years to stream live games. Yeah, but it's just local games. See, it's oh, that's a, it. You know, that's it. What doesn't help me? I want to watch the Falcons. It's still pretty good. I mean, it's cool. It goes into effect January for Sunday, Monday, and Thursday night games, playoff games, Super Bowl. Oh, pretty soon those Thursday also, games are going away. NFL highlight. Yes. There's too much, too much uh, anger over the Thursday games because it's too soon a turnaround for their bodies. They get beat up on Sunday, and then they're right back there four days later getting beat up again. It's too much, and that's why there's more, they think, more injuries. That and the fact that they've messed up with the preseason, too. 
so they're not being prepared before the season and they got these quick turnarounds during the season so you're going to have more injuries but you also get the while well, you have the quick turnaround uh for the thursday game then but then their argument to that is that you get those extra days off coming up you know you know that's your sunday yeah so you get those extra I know days that's to heal yeah and you gotta make that. it through thursday alive first yeah you know yeah. well i mean really it on. takes it I, no question it. i mean we've talked I mean, we've talked at length about uh, playing and how tough it is on the body. I mean, yeah. my, we've talked. My son is a perfect example. You can't, you can't not want to play, mm-hmm. right? So he mm-hmm. goes to college and he plays for five years. Uh, you know, starts as a redshirt freshman, mm-hmm. uh, gets injured in the fourth year. So I mean, he was you know six year senior. I mean, that was the big joke about hashtag six year senior. But uh, you know, those years of playing Division One college ball hurt the NFL career because mm-hmm. he goes into the NFL for a year and, and you know, he's, already, still, he's already beat already the beat hell up. up. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's already had three, four inch surgeries. Yeah. And, uh, you know, by that mm-hmm. time you're beat up. So really, if you have children that are going to Division One college to play football, tell them to only play the last year, the last year and a half, two years, and then go to the next level. Yeah, you probably don't want to start all four years. I mean, if, if you're going to the but NFL. But of course you do. I mean, you I mean do, it's tough to say no to that. I know. It really is. And if you're, and especially if you're not in a position that is a highlighted position. See, like if you're, you know, most like linemen, you're not going to the NFL after two years, right? You're, I mean, in the first two years. If you're yeah. a receiver or a return man or a running back, a quarterback, sometimes you go in, you play for a couple of years, you go to the NFL. Mm hmm. Uh, as a lineman, you're pretty much, you know, they're waiting for you to come out to develop and get stronger and bigger, and that's what they want. Mm-hmm. Well, you can still develop and get bigger and stronger and not get beat up in the games. Right. So, I mean, it's, yeah. it's tough to tell the coach, Very you know true. what, coach, I I, uh, I really am looking forward to an NFL career, so I'm just going to wait here on the sidelines. I know the team really needs me and everything, but uh, I don't want to play for another couple of years. That goes over great with the coaches. <laughs> I mean, they, oh, they uh, love to hear that. You absolutely can't say that. You just can't do it. <laughs> right. So, there's no way. There's I don't no know how you get around it. it. Yeah. I don't know how you get around it. Uh, by the way, I don't know if you're aware of this. BYU has named their new offensive coordinator. Oh, boy. Jeff I'm not Grimes, aware of it. Who? Uh, LSU assistant Jeff Grimes. Wow. New offensive coordinator at BYU. That's not a bad. How, what That's was he, the assistant hire. at LSU? He was the offensive line coach, but he's he's also been a coordinator, I think, in the past at uh, other schools. Uh, I mean, that's still a good hire coming from the SEC. He's been at Power 5 schools like LSU, Auburn, Virginia Tech. He's got a lot of experience. Guy's nice. been around for a long time. Nice. Good for them. Yeah, that I'm might psyched. be a good move for them. Kind of psyched. Yeah. It looks like they're serious. Does here. he have to be an insider, too? He, I think he's LDS. Yeah. yeah. He's Mormon. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the... They yeah. all do, yes. I mean, I, or is I don't for think sure the they head have coach. to be because I think we've got a coach who's not Mormon. Okay, um, but the head, yeah, I mean, for sure the head coach has, head to, coach be. has they, to be. I know that they probably frown upon it not yeah. being be, not being LDS. Yeah, but. I think they'd rather have. Yeah, of course, you got to of course. I got abide it. by the standards. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. But uh, I still, whew, man, that, after this year, it's tough. I know they better. I know. <laughs> This guy better work out. You ain't lying. He better and the work head coach out. better hop sing a little bit too, man. <laughs> no, I, a big Another year like we time. had, and it's over for him. I mean, I'm telling you, I, if I'm BYU, mm-hmm. now maybe you know, maybe they don't, they don't, they're not going to play this. But if you come out next year and you're like one and four, I, I give them the boot right then. Yeah, 
I yes. I mean, I mean, you can make that case for sure. I mean, if the first half of the season yeah. you're got a losing record, yeah. get out. Bye bye. Get out because we got to start recruiting, man. Yeah. We gotta, and That's and if you're going right. to continue to lose, get out. <laughs> you have to. I know. You have to. All right. Triple eight. Uh, 933.93. That was chewing the fat with Jeffy. I uh, got to tell you about GoTenant.com because uh, this is a fantastic product. I, I, I love the GoTenant Mesh Network. It It's 100% off-grid, mobile, long-range, consumer-ready mesh network. So what does that mean to you? That means if, like, cell towers go down or they're jammed, you could still send texts and GPS locations with this. You pair this with your device. You pair this device with your phone using the GoTenna app. Uh, or you could even leave it unpaired in strategic locations to still uh, relay uh, communication from device to device. And right now, when you go to GoTenna.com, that's G-O-T-E-N-N-A.com, if you use the promo code PAT15, you'll get 15% off your order of two, four, or eight packs. Don't wait until you need it before you act, because by then it's too late. And you think, oh man, I'd really like to be able to communicate with my family, with my loved ones, and I can't. Uh, do it right now. Go visit GoTenna.com today. Save 15% with the promo code PAT15. That's GoTenna.com. You're listening to Pat Gray Unleashed. Follow Pat on Twitter at Pat Unleashed and send him your thoughts using the hashtag TellPat. The Blaze Radio Network. Pat Gray is here on the Blaze Radio Network. Yeah. Uh, 888-900-3393. Who's the guest we have coming up in a few minutes? We've got... uh, Top of the hour. Oh, yeah. It's on the the situation of college campuses this year. Lindsay Marcello from Reason.com will tell us about the uh, five craziest stories from college campuses from 2017. You won't believe some of this stuff. Madness. It's it's amazing. Uh, Got some tweets here at Pat Unleashed. Any chance we can find a mosquito or tick that bit some of the founders and reproduce them? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, do I wish. Oh. I Do I ever wish. I kind of like this project now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that would save the country. Let's bring back the 56 founding fathers. But, We've reproduced them. But wait, do we have to hang on like for 30 years or so for uh, the come of age? No, I don't know. When you clone somebody, can you just clone mm-hmm. them as an adult? That's what they we, do in yeah, the movies. Because we don't have as far as I'm 20, concerned, 30 years. No, we don't. We don't. No, we don't. <laughs> also, this from Jeffrey says, uh, Ricky Martin will get in before some of the uh, stars you want <laughs> <laughs> into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yes. That's <laughs> uh. <laughs> probably true. Ricky Martin would get into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame before Foreigner. Shaquille O'Neal, with his rat, would probably get in before Rock and Roll Hall of Fame before Foreigner or Boston. Um, (laughs) I I don't understand it, but they, uh, you know, I was reading an article yesterday because I was looking up some of the bands that weren't in, like Boston and Foreigner and Def Leppard. And The Cure, you know, if you're an alternative music fan, um, they're one of the biggest of all time. Yeah, and, how, how the Connell's? And they're not in. Connell's in yet? No. No? No. The Better Con- than Ezra? No. No. <laughs> None of the obscure bands you like. Obscure. I guarantee are not in the hall. Sir. 
Pat Benatar. Uh, is there anybody more deserving than Pat Benatar? Come on. She was huge in the uh, 80s, all through the 80s, early 90s. Mm-hmm. And then she just disappeared. I think her her husband got sick or something. And uh, she took care of him, took time off or something. Something oh, wow. uh, weird like that. And the Doobie Brothers. I cannot believe the Doobie Brothers are not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Anyway... Uh, it would it would not be a, I was reading this article about why some of these are not in and and they said they have some bias against arena rock it's not a real rock uh act they feel like uh well okay but you're putting in people like or talking about putting in people like Tupac Shakur and uh Janet Jackson those are not rock acts uh the sister what's her face that went in this year is not a rock and roll artist uh, sister, something Tharp. Oh yeah, remember? Yeah, something Tharp. Yeah. And then there was somebody else who's not a, a rock and roll oriented that got into the hall. I just look at this. Bachman Turner Overdrive not in. BTO is not in the rock hall. Uh, of fame. Let's see what year this is. Hang on. Wow. Ah, what was supposed to? Oh, hang on. This is this is kind of old. So don't. I think you're right though. I don't think BTO's in. I mean, do you want me to read this list from yeah. 2012? Yeah. Uh, Blue Oyster Cult. Let's see. They're oh, not in. Yeah, Boston. Yeah, not, not in. in. Doobie Brothers. East Street Band. Not in. Who cares? Uh, Iron Maiden. Not in. Not in. Jethro Tull. Not in. Joy not Division. In. Not in. Uh, and see, that's that's interesting because that's a group that you might think is yeah. hip enough to be in. You know, they're kind of obscure, but they're hip. Okay. And they're influential. Same with Roxy Music. Listen to this. Mm-hmm. Steve Miller Band. Not in. This is Steve 20- this Miller is, Band. Again, this is 2012. The monkey. Oh, I think he got in. Okay. I think Steve Miller got in. How do you not? Okay. I'm with you. Let's yeah. Let's go boycott out front. Seriously. Let's go to Cleveland. Something Wait, needs uh, to be done about the stupid Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I'm not going to stand out front of anything in Cleveland, Ohio. I'm sorry. I'm just not going to do that. Well, I'm not either, but it's mm-hmm. it's actually oh, cool. I've, I've actually been there. And I'm going to uh, handle it online, this fight, actually. Okay. Okay. I think that's where we'll handle this. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Pat Gray. Only. On the Blaze Radio Network. Pat Gray is here. On the Blaze Radio Network. Uh, it's great that you're here as well. 888-900-3393. Uh, great to have you. Joining us now is Lindsay Marcella from Reason.com. Uh, Lindsay is going to tell us about uh, some of the most outrageous things that have been going on on college campuses. Uh, we've had these stories for years now uh, about college campuses and, and their vendetta uh, they're jihad against conservatives, uh, against anything traditional, and it's pretty amazing. Um, Lindsay, welcome to the Blaze. Thanks for coming on. Hi, thanks for having me. Um, so, what are what are some of the worst stories uh, coming out of these college campuses now? I mean, there's quite a few, but um, the first one I can think of is at Rutgers University. They uh, have started a new program a mandatory program for all incoming freshmen to have a seminar on microaggressions. <laughs> uh, 
So microaggressions, for those who don't know, are like any statements that are subtly offensive to like a marginalized group. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, so, All right. So, so, yeah, so what would be like a microaggression? How, how would I commit a microaggression? Would I even I mean, know if be- I'm doing it? Probably not. It'd be anything from saying like, oh, that's crazy to you throw like a girl. Um, I mean, they're entirely subjective, Mm. so it's really hard to determine whether or not you've committed one. But this, uh, the university is trying to have like a seminar with like a Prezi. It's a nice, cute little Prezi with lots of flashing colors to teach you about what kind of words could cause psychological or mental harm. Are there, I hope there are therapists on hand if somebody has been told that they throw like a girl. Um, I hope so. Yeah. I, because you, you just, I mean, I don't even know how people survive that. How, how, uh, how, do, how do these kids get through their college experience now with the way they're being babied? I imagine they, they can, not without some, <laughs> some additional help. Seriously. Um, yeah, I mean, the problem is like they're being taught that speech is violence and that, you know, hearing certain things aren't just uncomfortable, but actually damaging to their health. I mean, I'm not sure how they're going to be able to operate in the real world if they hear something like you're crazy and they automatically have debilitating stress. And they go to the boss and somebody told me I'm crazy and uh, I want you to fire them or I can't work today because I'm I've been microaggressed. I, I don't. I mean, what are you, where are you going to go with that? Out of jail free card. Like, can I stay home from work because you know my neighbor told me I threw like a girl. I'd like to know if that works for him. I really would because that would give us some days off, uh, which might right. be nice. Uh, back in September, it seems like there were there were things uh, at at Princeton. There was an incident there. Yeah. So Princeton has these annual uh, events, these Constitution Days, to honor arguably one of the most important documents in human history. Uh, but this, the speech this year was um, by an anthropo- anthropology uh, professor, and it was called F Free Speech, an anthropology mm. take on campus speech debate. Pretty uh, on the nose, I think. Uh, she was making the argument that the way in which free speech is being celebrated in the media makes little to no sense anthropologically anthropologically Oof, that's a mouthful um yeah so she's arguing that you know free speech absolutism fails in an academic setting because it gives equal footing to like a climate change skeptic and uh someone who's arguing in favor of that climate change is real it gives them equal footing and she says that's a no-no oh well yeah you can't have somebody <laughs> actually saying that climate change isn't caused by man that it actually comes from i don't know the sun and right. the atmosphere here, you don't you don't want anybody saying that because, well, I, I would think that's an, a microaggression. I think that blows actually. right by microaggression. I think, yeah. It might even be a macroaggression. Macro. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, um, yeah, go ahead. Just the idea of um, having like an open debate is offensive. It's almost like she's suggesting that you can't have contradictory positions on certain subjects in an academic setting. And that kind of is just disingenuous, the whole academic experience. I mean, you're supposed to debate a range of topics, and that should include climate change. Yes, it, well, it should. And yeah. uh, to, to think that free speech uh, is harmful to these kids when it's guaranteed in the U.S. Constitution in the very first amendment, uh, it also shows that they're not being, they're not being taught that aspect uh, that they're they're not 
hearing or learning about the U.S. Constitution and why we have the uh, the rights that we have. Uh, so it's a little little bit frightening. Certainly, it seems that they're missing out on you know civics lessons and history lessons. Uh, are there any other examples that uh, you can share with us? Oh yeah, totally. So. Um, speaking of history lessons, at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, um, an indigenous student group called Wunk Sheik, I believe that's how you pronounce it. It's probably a microaggression. I said it wrong. Uh, they want the famous Lincoln statue that's on top of the Bascom Hill to be um, to include a plaque labeling Lincoln a white supremacist and complicit in the execution of over 38 Dakota Native American men. <clears throat> wow. Um, yes. <laughs> so wow. they just want to slap that label right on Lincoln and just call it a day. Uh, um, interesting. From the man who signed the Emancipation Proclamation as a white, super, a white supremacist. I mean, right. And yes. Well, and and yeah, one, of the students, Go ahead. one of the students even suggested that he owned slaves. And that's just historically incorrect. Yes. Not true. <laughs> he, he did not own slaves. Amazing. Um, yeah. There is some nuance with the... Dakota Native American men, there was an uprising. There was around, I think, 300 men who were tried for war crimes in a military tribunal. And you can argue that it wasn't a fair trial. But Lincoln took an interest and he looked at each individual case and he decided that only 38 out of those like 300 deserved to actually be uh, executed. Okay, so so that's what they're referring to with the with the Dakota Dakota natives. Okay, right. Uh, it was all during, right during the Civil War, so it's like he was trying to, you know, deal with that and having to deal with this uprising, and so I mean, there's a lot of nuance there that they just want to ignore and just to straight away just say he's responsible for killing these people mm. and just call it a day. And I understand that at Cleveland State University, uh, students are condemning President uh, Reagan or Ronald, uh, their Ronald university Berkman. president <laughs> Ronald Berkman for uh, yeah. what is that? What is that about? So in October, they, a poster started appearing around campus that was uh, urged LGBT students to commit suicide. Uh, it's a pretty nasty mm. poster. It's, a re- it's really grim. Um, it featured a person, a silhouette of a person with a noose. And, but the president, he, he came out and he said, look, we're still going to protect free speech on campus here. We're still going to defend people's right to, to spe- say their, say, speak their mind. Uh, and people were not very happy with his response. They said it was insensitive. It was lackluster. He didn't address the, the LGBT issue. And he he later came out and said he was sorry he didn't express, I guess, the correct outrage for it. But he, he is right in the sense that the posters are protected speech. As deplorable and morally reprehensible as they yeah. are, yeah. they are protected speech. Um, the ACLU and the, uh, the Ohio chapter for that area said, since it doesn't target a specific person, it is protected. Wow. Even the ACLU came to that conclusion. Right. Yeah. Wow. So, I mean, that's telling. Yeah, it is. For sure. Uh, and that's another, uh, that's another fact that university students, I think, need to understand is that the only speech worth protecting the only speech that needs to be protected is speech that other people don't like. Uh, speech right. that is ugly and in some cases hateful. Right. 
and and we can't be protected from all bad or ugly speech because uh, people have the right to speak it. Uh, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be much of a free society if we didn't have that right. Uh, if people want to learn more about this, um, where do they go? To learn more about free speech? Yes, and and these uh, campus stories and other writings that uh, other articles that you've written. Oh, they should definitely go to reason, reason.com. Okay. Um, right. I've written a few stories there about uh, campus free speech, but they have also, the staff there has also written a lot about um, the craziness that's going on on campuses and defending free speech. Okay. Uh, Lindsay Marcello from reason.com. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Have a good one. Uh, reason.com. You want to check that out? 888 Pretty amazing uh, stories. There's also one from Columbia University, a chapter of the College Republicans. They don't have many friends at Columbia University, as you can imagine. What? Columbia University, uh, not only an Ivy League school, uh, but a, but a school that is located um, in in New York. The Black Students Organization has proposed the Student Governing Board strip them of their funding. They want to strip the college Republicans of their funding. Uh, in its proposal, which was filed on October 9th, the Black Students or uh, Governing Organization contends the college Republicans shouldn't be recognized as a legitimate organization or receive funding if they invite controversial speakers to campus. Okay. I... I <sighs> Define controversial, you know? Well, the group recently invited Tommy Robinson, who is the founder of the Anti-Islam English Defense League, and Mike Cernovich, an alt-right commentator, as part of Free Speech Month. The council voted to send a general concern report to the Student Conduct and Community Standards Committee, which investigates and resolves cases of academic, behavioral, and gender-based misconduct. Um, So censoring the... College Republicans, through the budget, sets a dangerous precedent for how the university funds student organizations, several of which are currently led by students who are wrongly who wrongly assume the status quo will never change. And I guarantee you, the same group that wants to ban controversial speakers that the young Republicans might invite would definitely say that Ben Shapiro would fall into that category. Oh, yeah. Or Steven Crowder. Right. Uh, come uh, on. And yet, uh, some of the... Uh, some of the hierarchy at Black Lives Matter wouldn't be controversial, no, even though no. they want to set up their own nation. I don't even know why you even... Even though they hate capitalism, that. even though they're trying to stop capitalism in the United States of America. Uh, and the Black Panthers, I'm guessing, would be fine as well. Well, they're peace-loving. Yes. So, But not Ben Shapiro. Nope. 888-933-93. Um, let me tell you about Patriot Mobile. This is the only mobile phone company in America... With a conservative lean, with a conservative bent, they uh, take up to 5% of the bill that you pay every month and donate it to a cause in which you believe. Unlike the big mobile companies that donate to Planned Parenthood and to Michael Bloomberg's organization that is fighting against the Second Amendment, your money would go to a place like a pro-life organization or the NRA or whatever you deem uh, you'd like it to go to. And they are the only ones doing this. Nobody else is trying to stop the big mobile companies. 
And right now, Patriot Mobile is doing something really special for the Christmas season. If you join Patriot Mobile on any of their talk, text, or data plans during this month, you'll receive a new iPhone 5S for just a penny a month when you commit to supporting them for 24 months. Up to two per customer. So call them right now and take advantage of this incredible offer. 1-800-A-PATRIOT is the number. 1-800-A-PATRIOT or PatriotMobile.com. Visit PatriotMobile.com. Pat Gray on the Blaze Radio Network. Gray returns on the Blaze Radio Network. You know what's interesting is that when a uh, movie, especially a big movie, starts on Friday, it now starts on Thursday. <laughs> that didn't used to be the case. Uh, but then they started the, the midnight showings, and so you'd see it at midnight on the day of the opening. Well, now, I mean, Star Wars is just playing all night tonight, starting at 7 o'clock, at That's least in wild. the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Man. Uh, so it's at 7 o'clock tonight, 7.30, 8.30. I mean, it's playing all night long on uh, multiple screens. But so. in order, order to qualify for getting in one of these really early showings, you have to dress up like Chewbacca or something? I don't okay. think Car- so. Carry a lightsaber? That's I, not a prerequisite? I don't think so. Camp out no. five weeks before? Well, you might have to do that because okay. I, I don't know if they're all sold out. They mm. probably are, I would imagine, yeah. on the first night, wouldn't you think? Mm-hmm. Uh, so Star Wars. In theaters today, uh, so tonight. Anyway, we'll we'll find out uh, what the big deal is with uh, with Luke. I get, I get, you know, he finally speaks. Mm-hmm. We we heard about him being in the last movie, and mm. you went through the whole movie, never saw him <laughs> until the last thirty seconds of the movie. Ta-da! And there he is, and he doesn't speak a word. Movie's over. Well, actually, that's kind of how I want Mark Hamill, basically not, <laughs> yeah. not speaking a word on script or off. So you're <laughs> of the Stuberger uh, thought process that he's not a good actor, right? That he's oh. terrible in the movies. I, I don't is, think he's terrible. Okay. I mean, he I mean, fits. Like, when you go back and watch him, it's enjoyable because it's Star Wars and low budget yes. and all this good stuff. Right. But, and I hope that his politics and his outspokenness hasn't tainted my view, but Overall, that's not, a problem. Not so great. As that's a problem. Actor. No, they really need to keep their mouths shut. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. about politics anyway. Why? Why would you limit your your fan base like that? Why when you're a when you're a movie actor, don't you want everybody to come see your movie? I guess you think, well, I can say whatever I want, and they're still going to come see Star Wars. And they're probably right. <laughs> they're probably right. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. We also have the new trailer for uh, the latest episode of Jurassic Park. Mm. I th- I thought that series was pretty well done, uh, and then they did the fourth one, or was it the fifth? I see. I tuned out after a the couple first. years ago. Jeez. And now uh, here is the trailer for the latest Jurassic Park. So, uh, what are you dating like an accountant now? Or? Owen. Ventriloquist? Stop it. You love a dummy. This is not why we're here. You can blame me. Try to shame. 
I know why we're here. A rescue op. Save the dinosaurs from an island that's about to explode. What could go wrong? Blue is alive. You raised her. <laughs> Do these animals deserve the same protections given to other species? Or should they just be left to die? These creatures were here before us. And if we're not careful, they're going to be here after. be contained. Life breaks free. Life finds a way. Finds a way. Jurassic World. That Jurassic World too, I suppose. Hmm. So this time they're not in a park, right? They're they're just trying to save the dinosaurs from uh, again, I haven't seen nor I, I haven't heard anything about this. That's the first thing I've seen. Yeah. Uh I first time those, I've seen the trailer. Oh, one of those cool cars. Yeah. A little sphere that you roll around in. Yeah, that was cool. That was fun. Now, kind of interesting logic there that these animals, you got to save them because they were here before us. Yeah, but they all died and you brought them back. That wasn't natural exactly, (laughs) right? They naturally went extinct and then you unnaturally brought them back. And we found out earlier during chewing the fat with Jeffy, it's because they've got a horn, some of them coming out of their backsides. I mean, it's hard (laughs) to reproduce when you got that kind of setup back there. It is. Yeah, it is. All right, 888 I was also promised this movie, 1517 to Paris, is a fantastic one. This is about the three Americans that stopped the ISIS attack on the train that was heading to Paris back in 2015. Oh. This should be uh, pretty cool. Well, Here's a look this. at the 1517 to Paris.
true story about the heroes who lived it. Once you begin to discover who you are, then you really realize how you have been given authority over your life. But you can only do that through the struggle of life. And most people avoid the struggle. Most people go through life avoiding pain. When you're working on a dream, at some point in time, a transition takes place. You learn how to leap higher. You start challenging yourself to dig deeper. I don't know, man. You ever just feel like life is just pushing us towards something? Like some greater purpose? Wow. Uh, the uh, true story of the three Americans that stopped an ISIS attack on a train. That looks good. A couple years ago, that looks great. Hmm. I, I think it said it's coming out in February, right? Is it, Did I see that right? So yeah. in February, uh, we get a little something to look forward to. At a time during this, the year when uh, there's usually not much coming out as far as movies are concerned. So that looks pretty good. And of course, you've got uh, Star Wars that opens tonight to keep you interested until then. And then I, I, I don't know when Jurassic Park comes out. Is that like next summer? I don't know. I'm not, see, I'm not hip and I don't get out much. So um, let's just find out here. Uh, Jurassic World 2 mm-hmm. uh, is going to be released uh, June 22nd. June 22nd is when it comes out, Pat. 2018. 18. June 22nd, 2018. 18. Good. You caught up at least that time. Yeah. I'm glad I could deliver <laughs> that uh, information prompt and on time like a good producer would. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Nice job. Thank you. That was really well done. And of course, uh, what's his face is in it again. So uh, Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard, Ron Howard's daughter, uh, who was in the last one. So those two are back for this movie. And uh, so is the Tyrannosaurus Rex. So it, it should be successful. Triple eight, nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Let's go to Craig in Indiana. Craig, you're on the blaze. Hi. Hey, Pat. Thanks for taking my call. Mm -hmm. I completely uh, got a different take on that trailer. Jeff Goldblum came to warn that if we're not careful, the dinosaurs are going to be here after us, meaning they're going to make us extinct. Right. He wasn't trying to make an environmental plea to save the dinosaurs. Oh, okay. Kind of like, let's watch what we're doing here. We might make ourselves extinct, which I kind of think is proper. That is proper. You're right. And that's kind of that was kind of his message in the very first one, if I remember right. Yeah. He he was kind of Larry about the be consistent. Not too not too much of an earth loving globalist, uh, environmental, wishy washy stuff. All right. Thanks thanks for taking my call. You bet. Thanks, Rick. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. More Pat Gray unleashed on the way. Pat Gray, the Blaze Radio Network. is here.
Can you believe this? Republicans won a fight with the Democrat minority. I don't know how this happened, but somehow it did. Wait, should I write this down this <laughs> yes, day? What, yes. What's today again? It's, uh, today uh, is December uh, 14th. A day that will will live <laughs> in infamy. Uh, after weeks of posturing, Democrats have withdrawn their threats to shut down the government if Republicans don't include deportation relief for the DACA, the Dreamers, the the recipients <clears throat> of the government funding bill. It's so they weren't going to sign on they were going to stop this whole process if the dreamers weren't allowed to stay and they were going to they were willing initially to shut down the government over it well they decided okay maybe that's not a good threat because they used that threat against the republicans how many times and so they they made it out to be such a negative thing how do you stick to that well they couldn't the uh minority leader nancy pelosi Previously vowed the Democrats would not leave town without deportation relief for Dreamers. And then she started to backtrack uh, late last week and suggest that Democrats were maybe not exactly married to that threat. (laughs) I like it. Uh, Democrats are not willing to shut down the government. No, she said. Other Democrats have also uh, started dialing back their rhetoric on DACA as the Christmas recess looms. Plus, it would mean... That they're not going home for Christmas. That's the other part of this. <laughs> yeah, sorry, DACA kids. I don't want to go <laughs> celebrate Christmas. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, I, I like your plight. I, I believe in it. Whatever. You should be able to stay. But I want yeah. to go home. Hit me up I in January, would you? Yeah. No, but seriously. I'm I, going home. Look at this. It just took a Republican president saying, look, we're pushing back. We're pushing back on something. And so you can uh, you can die on this hill if you want to. And but, that's interesting because I didn't think. Right. Trump would outlast them on this because I thought he was okay with the the Dream Act. I I thought that was part of his deal. I did too. But, you know, I guess when you play games with him and a budget, something like a budget is at stake, um, there you go. Thank you for pushing back and they fell over like a fire. Right, right. George George W. Bush didn't do that. He never did that. Mm -mm. Yeah. uh, these dreamers, uh, they deserve to stay here uh, in this country. Why? Uh, because uh, their parents came here illegally. <laughs> but what, <laughs> and they've been here for years now. Yeah, and so they deserve uh, to be citizens. But they came illegally and they were uh, 18. Right, but they came from their parents. Uh, their parents yeah. brought them here, dragged them against their will. They didn't have any say in it, and that's why uh, hey, but uh, they need to stay. They're not citizens. They're, they're, what they are, uh, Keith, is undocumented citizens. <laughs> they just don't have the document yet. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that was kind of the theory with, yeah. with George W. Bush. Uh, he was terrible on, on the border. And uh, he was essentially with the Democrats on that. And so he certainly wouldn't have, he wouldn't have stuck to his guns. Donald Trump did. I, seriously. Guns I, that I didn't even know he was interested in sticking to it you know i mean there's like a pleasant surprise all around because first of all he said he wasn't going along with the with the dream act right he wasn't going to protect them any longer but then he said but i'm giving congress two months to to come up with a legislative fix to this which i took to mean that he wanted republicans to make sure that they were granted amnesty let through the legislative process yeah, and just let them do it mm-hmm. and then i won't be on the hook for it well they haven't done that and he he kind of forced the hand of the Democrats to back off. That's good. So again, I got to say, the guy has been better than I thought he would be.
Uh, I hate to admit it. Actually, I don't. I'm I'm actually glad yeah. that he's been better than I thought he would be. I know what you mean. Yeah. I I like that he's been better than I thought he would be. And, I'm, and he's done some great things. Well, and that's and, and just as a reminder, um, I'm just making rudimentary notes here. Mm-hmm. Uh, budget. Hold on a second. Budget. Turn back. I'm just making notes here of, of good things because I want to be able to, I don't want to just be negative. I, that's not my default position, but right. here's what I've written down. So do we have them all? We have all the good things? I mean, it's chicken scratch. But start with Gorsuch. Gorsuch. Right. EPA regulations. Yes. That state land thing with Bears Ears. Right? Uh, um, yes. So giving, giving back land mm-hmm. to the states, such as Utah, uh, in some cases, millions of acres. So pretty, pretty impressive. And I, that's something I never thought he would do. Yeah. Yeah. The Paris Accords. Paris Accord, getting uh, us out of that. Let's see. Let's see. We got the Keystone Pipeline. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Jerusalem thing. Yes. Okay. That's a big one. Yes. Uh, it shouldn't be, but it is. Uh, I, I, I'm giving him credit on Obamacare repeal. Screw you, John McCain. Um, he tried. He tried. And he was, he was John McCain's vote short. It wasn't yeah. a great repeal. It was kind of like the tax thing, but right. it would have gotten rid of it for at least, I think, five years. Very true. And let's see, the tax cuts. I mean, look, it's something. Something. Uh, it's not great, but not it's much, still in but the... Not much, but it's something. It's a small W. Besides, Obamacare and the tax cuts, that's on Congress anyway. Yeah. That's on the Republicans in Congress. Mm-hmm. Uh and the DACA budget turned back you just mentioned. And there's something else in your hot little hands over there um, for the troops. Yeah, you signed a defense bill that increases the military budget and gives troops a raise. We'll get to that in a second. But he's also right now saying that the war on coal is over. Write that one down. Okay. Well, he, because you well, might remember uh, Barack Obama said this. That they would have to meet the, the rigors companies. of that market mm-hmm. and the ratcheted down uh, caps that are placed uh, imposed every year. Right. So if somebody wants to build a coal power plant, they can. It's just that it will bankrupt them because they're going to mm. be charged a huge sum oh. for all that uh, <laughs> greenhouse gas that's being emitted. And so what did he do? He shut down, was it 300 coal fire plants uh, during his administration? In the eight years, we lost, I don't know how many coal fired plants. I don't, I don't know how many, hundreds, literally hundreds. And he was driving the coal industry out of business. Uh, and now Trump has said, we're out of that business. We're not, we're not going to force them out of business anymore. That's amazing. And another thing that I didn't even know he was planning to do, and he's already done it. So how about that? Yeah. Yeah. Just, and, just... The, and then you get to the defense bill. Uh-huh. Yeah. Go ahead. <clears throat> President Trump signed a defense authorization bill. Uh, day before yesterday that will boost the nation's defense budget, including a hike in pay for troops. In total, the bill allots $700 billion to the Defense Department, $634 billion of which will go to the base budget and $66 billion to the war budget. The bill includes a, I mean, this isn't huge, but it's a 2.4% pay increase for, for, uh, for the troops. I mean, it should be a lot more than that. Mm-hmm. But at least he's, you know, he's thinking about them. He's trying. He's giving them something. It's a start. It will add up to about uh, 20,000 total troops uh, that will also be added to the military. 7,500 more uh, in the Army, 4,000 in the Navy, 1,000 more Marines, 4,100 more in the Air Force, and 3,400 reserve forces. Now, before the bill becomes a reality, Congress will have will have to agree to rescind a 2011 law that caps the defense budget at $549 billion. 
Trump gave them until the end of the year to do that. Um, so what? <laughs> hold on. What? What year was that law? 2011, under Barack Obama and a Democrat House and a, and Demo- a Democrat Senate. And they, they right. what did they do? They capped. I wasn't aware of this. They I wasn't either. This is the first I've heard that they capped the defense budget at 549 billion. Wait, now, why would you do that? That's a static number. Why, why does everything grow exponentially by, you know, an average of 3% every year in Except the budget? Except for the defense budget. It doesn't make any sense. Now, now, we spend a lot of money on defense. We spend uh, more than much of the rest of the world combined. And that's true. But to cap it at a but hard number is stupid. It is, oh. And Trump has tried to fix that, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's fascinating. Is anybody else amazed like I am? Maybe it's just me. I don't know. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Maybe you just maybe you foresaw this. Maybe you've been a Trump fan the whole time, and uh, you're just sitting there saying, "I told you, I told you, Pat. I was yelling at the radio when you were bad mouthing him during the campaign," and that's quite possible. Uh, but I'm I'm actually kind of stunned. You know, I'll say now, he's also done things I don't like. Right. But we're focusing on the positive right now. But have you noticed? And I bet, I don't know, if I had to put money down, I would bet that Rance Priebus was the leaker. Because ever since he left... We haven't heard anything about there that. There was one leak after yeah. that I uh, of note that I recall, but it was from a conversation, yeah. I think it was something with Mexico. But and it who was, was it that told us but it, it was, was Rance hap- Priebus? Yeah, but it had happened, you know, months before. So it could have been, you know... Anyhow, uh, who was that? That was just the, that was just the working theory. I think people were saying, "Hey, I, there was somebody was specific." Really was it Scaramucci who said it was Priebus? You know what? I think it was. You're right. Scaramouche, Scaramouche, will you do the fandango? No. Thunderbolt and lightning, very, very frightening. Mm-hmm. Me, and Galileo. Uh, Galileo. I think it was him. I think yeah. it was him, and yep. that was about the only thing he was right on. That's and right. apparently, he was though. Yeah. That's fascinating. It was a short stint in there to find that out, and then he was gone. And again, maybe I'm the only one fascinated, Mm -mm. but I think this is kind of amazing. That's two of us. I like to be surprised like this, pleasantly. Mm -hmm. How many things have we been pleasantly surprised with in the last few years? Scant little. Yeah, they fit on this post-it note here down beneath the desk. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) To be honest with you. That's right. 888 Let's go to Debbie in Texas. Hey, Debbie, you're on the blaze. Hey, Pat. Hi. Um... I just wanted to add two things that President Trump has done right lately. Okay. All right. Uh, he nominated, and they just got uh, passed on to the Fifth Circuit Court, uh, Don Willette and Jim Ho, who oh. are both uh, justices here in Texas that are very conservative. The Circuit, the circuit Court of Appeals appointments were great. Yeah, just like the just like yeah. the Supreme Court justice, uh, these two guys uh, are really good, really good. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. So now let me ask you this: Did you believe this was going to be a good thing with Donald Trump, or were you skeptical at the beginning? Were you? Oh, I'm skeptical as all get out. I still <laughs> <Yeah>. am. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But all right. So when he does something right, you know, especially something as important as you know, this kind of uh, an appointment. Yeah. Just yeah. The judges are really think it's good to acknowledge it. Very. I think so too. Uh, definitely. So, all right. Appreciate it. Thanks, Debbie. It, it is nice to have something to be pleasantly surprised by. And the nominations that he's done for judges and justices have been fantastic. Now, if only we can get rid of Anthony Kennedy, because the, the rumor has been 
that Supreme Court Justice Anthony Kennedy was going to step down by the end of the year, and it doesn't look like that's going to happen now. And in fact, uh, this session has started again, and there's no talk of that anymore. But they were saying that Trump might have the opportunity to nominate another Supreme Court justice. Mm. And if that were true, if he did and put in a good conservative, then the conservatives would control the court. And I'm not trying to be um, dark here, but um, have we heard anything about the plans of Ruth Bader Ginsburg? I, I, don't, mean that, I don't mean I, that in a death sense. I right. mean, like, she's very old now, and yeah. she's probably and she's thinking, not, I'd like to retire. She's not very healthy. Right. And, and she is, what, 116? Uh, you might be on the south side of the actual number. One, what, like 173, early 174. She's 84. It'll be 85 in March. Okay. Well, that's a good time to retire yeah. for a Supreme Court justice, I would think. Time to go boating, Ruth. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. More Pat Gray unleashed on the way. This is Pat Gray, the Blaze Radio Network. Returns on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome. Great to have you with us. 888-933-93. I would like to hear... Um, I'm going to tell you about the physics of Santa Claus here in a minute. Uh, but first of all, I would like to hear from women as to whether or not this is insulting. Or do you, th- do you think as she does? Now, she's not getting a lot of flack for this, but if this was a Republican who had said it, I think they'd be drummed out of society by now, maybe even put in prison. A female Democratic lawmaker shocked fellow Congress members when yesterday she talked about the clothing being worn by some female members of the staff in Washington, D.C. as being inappropriate and an invitation for harassment. Ohio Congresswoman Marcy Kaptur was part of the Democrat caucus meeting when they were discussing harassment, and she stood up and said the following. I saw a member yesterday with her cleavage so deep it was down to the floor. (laughs) Who was that? A member of Congress had cleavage so deep it was down to the floor, she said. I see a doctor about that. Yeah. (laughs) It's not exactly a, a pleasant image. And what I've seen... It's really an invitation, she said. It's an invitation to be sexually harassed? The, uh, other members uh, of, the, uh, of the committee actually gasped out loud when she said it. She said women on Capitol Hill should have to ab- abide by a stricter dress code like those adopted by military or corporations. She said, I've been appalled at some of the dress of members and staff. Men have to wear ties and suits. Uh, when I was first elected to Congress, my office and I became a, a refuge for female staffers who had been mistreated by their bosses, some of them in tears many days. It's something I carry with me to this day and something I brought up during our caucus meeting. Under no circumstances is it the victim's fault if they're harassed in any way. I shared the stories from my time here in the context of the Me Too legislation and how we can elevate the decorum and the dress to protect women from what is a pervasive problem here and in society at large. Although when you say 
they're inviting sexual harassment by the way they dress, that sounds like you're blaming the victim, doesn't it? Yeah. And see, no matter what the woman is is wearing, the men should have to be restrained in their actions, right? They should still be polite, respectful, and uh, and not demeaning to women. No matter what, you can wear a bikini to the office, and you should still be respectful. That'd be a little harder, maybe, but uh, you still should be. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Now, much has been said about uh, whether or not Santa Claus can actually pull off that ride he makes every Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. And there is a uh, an Ivy League school that worked up the actual details of how hard it would be. But this is why it's a really good thing. There's there's Santa magic and Christmas magic. I love it because first of all, no known species of reindeer can fly. Right? That's just a, a fact of science. But there are 300,000 species of living organisms that we haven't classified yet. And while most of those 300,000 are insects or germs, that doesn't completely rule out flying reindeer, which only Santa has ever seen. Okay, so the first problem, the reindeer. The second problem is there are about 2 billion children in the world. People under 18. But since Santa doesn't apparently handle Muslim, Hindu, Jewish, and Buddhist children, that reduces his workload down to about 15% of the total, or 378 million children. Okay, now it's a manageable number. Now now (laughs) we're talking manageable. Mm -hmm. (laughs) At an average of three and a half kids per household, that's 91.8 million homes. That's presuming, and we know this isn't true, but that's presuming at least one good child in each. Now, there'd be no good children in some and then multiple in others. I see. See? Uh-huh. Santa has 31 hours of Christmas to work with, thanks to the different time zones and the rotation of the Earth. Yeah. And assuming he travels east to west, which would make sense. you got to love that international dateline. Yes, you do. And Santa does love it. Mm-hmm. So that works out to 822.6 visits per second. Now, that's, that is saying that for every Christian household with good kids, Santa has one one-thousandth of a second to park, hop out of the sleigh, mm-hmm. jump down the chimney, fill the stockings, distribute the remaining presents under the tree, eat whatever snacks have been left, get back up the chimney, get back into the sleigh, and move on to the next house. <clears throat> now, assuming that each of these 91.8 million stops are evenly distributed, which we'd no, of course, to be false, but we'll accept it for now. Sure. We're talking about 0.78 miles per household, a total trip of 75 and a half million miles in one night. Not counting stops, you know, to go to the bathroom. Um, which he could do at one of the homes, I would think, if well, it's really quick. Yeah, but I think the trick is just don't drink a lot before you get in the sleigh. I think you're right. Okay. It's like we always say, I told you to go before we leave. Yeah, yeah leave, leave the cookies, not. Not the hot chocolate. <laughs> so this means Santa's sleigh is moving at 650 miles per second. Whew. That's 3,000 times the speed of sound. Now, for the purposes of comparison, the fastest man-made vehicle on Earth, the Ulysses space probe, mm-hmm. moves along at 27 miles per second. Wow. Not 650. A conventional reindeer can run... Tops 15 miles an hour. 
but we're not talking about flying reindeer, right? We don't know how fast the flying reindeer are. Yeah, we don't. We assume they're much faster than a conventional land reindeer. Another element you have to add to this is the payload on the sleigh. Mm. Assuming each child gets, let's say, a medium-sized Lego set or something similar, about two pounds, the sleigh is then carrying 321,000 tons, not counting Santa, who is, you know, always described as overweight. Mm-hmm. Or, or what, uh, 100 uh, pounds below Jeffy. Uh, right. Okay. okay. All right, which is very, very heavy, as you know. On land, conventional reindeer can pull no more than 300 pounds. So even granting that flying reindeer could pull 10 times that amount, we still can't do the job with eight or even nine reindeer. We need 214,000 of them. <sighs> that increases the, the payload, not even counting the weight of the sleigh, to 353,000 tons. That's four times the weight of the Queen Elizabeth. So then you figure uh, 353,000 tons traveling at 650 miles per second. That creates enormous air resistance. That would heat up the reindeer in the same fashion as a spacecraft re-entering the Earth's atmosphere. The lead pair of reindeer would absorb 14.3 quintillion joules of energy per second each. In short... They'd burst into flames simultaneously, exposing the reindeer behind them and creating <laughs> deafening sonic booms in their wake. It'd be no silent night, I'll tell you that. They're right. <laughs> the entire reindeer team would be vaporized within 4.26 thousandths of a second. And you don't want that if, if you live west. You don't want that. Santa, meanwhile, would be subjected to centrifugal forces 17,500 times greater than gravity. A 250-pound Santa, which that seems ludicrously slim, <laughs> would be pinned to the back of his sleigh by f- 4.3 million pounds of force. Mm. <laughs> so the conclusion is, yeah, uh, it's a good thing that there is magic mm-hmm. uh, and Christmas magic for Santa because it overcomes all all of the physics that are involved here, which, as you see, are uh, are somewhat formidable. It, it's a difficult problem. Sure. Uh, but he's found a way around it. I think that's what, well, one of the many miracles of Christmas. <laughs> Not the miracle. I don't want to say it's the miracle of Christmas. It's one of right. a it's couple. One of, There's a couple. Yes. It's not the main one, <laughs> but it is, uh, it's an impressive sure feat when you, when you put it this way. Oh, isn't okay. it? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Right. 888-933-93. We'll be back for the Christmas show tomorrow. See you then here on Pat Gray Unleashed. Pat Gray Unleashed on the Blaze Radio Network.